Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Boom, we're on. Today's guest, we've got Andrew Tate. How are you, Andrew? I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. I've been listening to your strong Scottish accent on the internet for a while, so it's good to hear it. Good to hear it in person. Four times world champion kickboxer. Yeah. Playboy. Pimp. What else? You've got I've many done a few labels. Things. Uh, yeah, I, I've lived a very eclectic life, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'm happy with those labels so far. Yeah. Except the the word the one pimp. You people always say pimp as if it's a negative thing, but I think a pimp is a very positive thing. I hope we get to talk about this, and I get to defend the reputation of pimps throughout you know history. I don't think they're bad people, so we'll talk about that as because well. Because you've got many labels, pickup artists, you drive about Lamborghinis, all the flash watches, travel the world. I, I think do you've okay. got six you're, girlfriends, eight girlfriends. You're making my life sound very, very interesting. <laughs> you're making my life sound good. Yeah, I do uh-huh. okay, man. I do okay. I just try and live as as close as I as I can to my masculine imperative without hiding who I want to be or mm-hmm. what I want to do or letting society program me. And I think if you let if you give a man true free reign, completely be who you want to be and you don't let society program you, he's gonna drive a fast car, he's gonna have a bunch of women, he's gonna wanna have a bunch of money, he's gonna do whatever he wants, right? We all wanna be free. So I try my very best to be free. What is free to you? That's a good question. And especially in the modern political climate with all this corona, et cetera, et cetera, I think freedom is being destroyed in real time. Even before corona, freedom is being destroyed. You, we, if, if you look at even very basic things, right? Like freedom of speech. If a man isn't free to say what he thinks in the way he wants to say it, if political correctness or hate speech or whatever, whatever, if a man can't even express himself the way he thinks it, is he free? You know? And what they do first is they restrict your speech because if they restrict your speech, then they can start to restrict your thoughts. If you're not allowed to ever say it, then you're probably not going to think it so often. This is why it's done on purpose. So I don't think that society is very free at all. And I think that in, in regards to keeping our employment, keeping our money coming in, making sure we don't lose our social medias, every single person has to censor themselves to some degree. And I try very, very best to skirt that line you know, as far as possible. So I feel free. Freedom is the ability to scream when you want to scream, be angry when you want to be angry, smile when you want to smile, say what you want, do what you want. And and that's a very, very rare commodity in the modern world. That's extremely rare. So that's what I would consider freedom. Yeah. You're very outspoken. You don't hold back. We'll touch on everything. Your um, thoughts on women and 
like all the girlfriends, you've had many, yeah. and you've still got many now. So, but yeah. I always go back to the start of my guest, brother, where okay. you grew up, how it all began. Okay, so yeah, I am uh, half English, half American. My father was in the Air Force. He was based at Chick Sands in the UK. He met my mother. Uh, they were fortunate enough to have this perfect child you see in front of you. <laughs> I have a brother. I have a brother and a sister. We moved back to America, and I lived the first ten years of my life in the in, in the United States. And my father was a chess master. That was his job. After he retired from the Air Force, he's a professional chess player. So I grew up around professional chess players, which is kind of an unusual climate to grow up in, because you're growing up around all these ultra intelligent, semi autistic. They're weirdos, right? Yeah. You, you, can't yeah. be, you can't be that good at chess and be normal, right? It's the, they're like human calculators. They're all a bit strange. And you have ex-KGB members and like math nerds. And it's just a very weird kind of climate. And my father was a chess master, but my father was very unique because my father was also a professional wrestler and had physicality. So you have like a bunch of dorks. Then you have my dad, this big black dude, and he's like competing in the chess world. So I grew up in a very kind of strange world and I was a professional chess player. I was on my path to being a professional chess player at the age of five. I was the state chess champion for Indiana and I was the best ranked player under the age of 10 and I was on my way. So I played chess for the early part of my life. And then at the age of 11, my mother and father split up. My mom took me back to uh, Luton. Great place. Lovely. Mm -hmm. So, so from the age of 11, I grew up in Luton. So that's the very beginning of the story. And, uh, a lot's happened between now and then, and here I am, so. How was that breakup for you? Do you think that's what made you into the man you are today with women and all the shit that you do? Yeah, that's a good question. And a lot of people talk about how stressful it was that their parents broke up. And I mean, obviously I was very, very young. I don't think I was necessarily too upset by it. You know, I was, I was still, my father was very realistic with me and he said, look, I'm still gonna see you, but you're going to England. It is what it is. So I don't think I was particularly upset by it. I definitely wouldn't say I was traumatized by it. But it did alter my life project tra trajectory because I lost my chess coach. Up until then, I played chess three, four hours a day. It's all I did was chess, chess, chess. When we left, not only is there no chess scene in England like there's in America. In America, there's lots of chess in the schools and these kind of things. There's no chess scene. Plus, I had no coach. So for a while, I was kind of lost, I would say. I had four hours free a day that I never used to previously have. And uh, I mean, I didn't get into too much trouble or too much mischief, but I was certainly a bit, how can I replace this thing I used to do all of the time. What did you replace it with? I ended up replacing it with fighting. Yeah, from a young age? From, from around about 15, 16, I started kickboxing. And I think that fighting and chess are extremely similar. To me, they, they aligned. They fulfilled the same gaps in my psyche, right? People always say, how did you go from being a chess player, which everyone sees as geeky, to a kickboxer? And I said, well, chess is one-on-one chess is -on -one battle, right? That's all it is. There's no luck involved. There's no team. There's no wind that can blow the ball. There's no, you know, it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's a fight. If you lose, you messed up. And fighting feels the same for me. So for me, I thought, well, okay, I, I can't learn chess well enough without a coach. And I can't find a coach in the UK who I trust to teach me chess, but I can find a coach who can teach me to kick people's ass. So that's kind of how, how it started. How did you end up going through the ranks and winning world titles? Fighting's kind of weird, right? Every, I think if you talk to any fighter, everyone who starts, I mean... Lots of people say they had aspirations of being the world title or the world champion at the beginning. I just turned up to training one step at a time, right? I just wanted to be good. So my coach said, you have to train seven times a week. I was like, okay. So I just obeyed. I was just a worker ant. I just did as I was told. And then you win and you win again and you win again and you get a title shot, you win. And before you know it, you get up there. My first ever world title fight was on three days notice. So someone pulled out and I had three days notice. I had to lose nine kilo in three days. I turned up, obviously was completely destroyed from the weight cut. Everyone expected me to lose. And uh, I won. 
But they gave the, and I'll say I won because I did win. They gave the decision to the other guy. It was in France and it was in Paris and it was me against a French world champion. They gave it to him. But I whooped his ass, right? And we submitted the video to the ISKA, the organization, and they demanded a rematch because it was so obvious I won. And we fought again. And without the big weight cut problem, I, I, I knocked him out in the eighth. And I became world champion for the first time. How was that for you? It was good. But you know, like, I don't ever feel like I'm satisfied. I never like won the world title and go, yes, I'm the champ now. It's mm -hmm. just like, okay, next, next, next. I was, I was kind of always like that. I always had these aspirations. I've always kind of felt without sounding like a crazy conspiracy theorist, even now to this day, I feel maybe correct me. You're a smart man. So maybe this will make sense to you. Do you ever look around you and just look at the world and feel like kind of like we're in the matrix? Like there's something missing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just you feel it in your gut. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. isn't right here. Like yeah. everything just seems so superficial. And I, I don't know. I was always looking for this secret. I was always looking for, I wouldn't say happiness or contentment, but I was always looking to try and break out of the nine to five, just the normal monotony of day-to-day -day life. And, 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 I, and for a long time, I thought fighting was my way out. I don't know what I was trying to get to. I don't know where it was going to lead. But when I just look at the normal life a lot of people live, that is just absolutely depressing to me. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine doing it. I'm not shitting on the normal guy. I'm saying you're a stronger man than me. Because if I was a normal dude working in Starbucks... Bro, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that day to day. I literally could not do that. And I thought fighting will make sure I never have to do that, if that makes sense. Did you ever find this sense of completion while you won in world titles or were you still unsatisfied? There's always someone new to beat up, right? Yeah. And then even then, you're de I'm dedicating all my time to fighting, which is actually the reason I retired. I retired for four years. I came back last year and I fought three times. But uh, I actually retired because one day I woke up and I looked at my life and I thought, I'm giving seven hours a day to fighting. If I were to put seven hours a day into something else, what else could I achieve? Because I had a little bit of money from fighting, but I wasn't balling. I wasn't rich, rich. And I thought, what's the point in being the world champion if I can't buy Lambos on the debit card, right? What's the point? So then I thought, well, I want to be rich now. So that's, that's actually the reason I retired. So I was always chasing other things. And then now I've got money, I want to fight again. I'm, I'm never happy, bro. This is how it goes, right? You're always chasing something else. But I do feel like to a degree, I have at least partially escaped the matrix I used to be talking about. I, I kind of feel like I've started to escape. And Corona, as much as it's been a headache for everybody, has helped me realize how fortunate I am in my position. To When everyone else is locked down, I can just get on a private jet and go where I want, right? So that it's kind of cool when they go, there's no flights. I'm like, not for you. <laughs> there's flights for me, bro. So it, it, it's kind of, I have, I felt like I've semi-escaped. So I've, I've kind of got yeah. there. When did you start chasing the money? What, after kickboxing? Like you, you started a webcam business, 75 girls. Yes. Let's talk about the webcam business. Yeah. Yes. So that, that's the story. So for anyone watching this who doesn't know my story, I'm fighting. I became four-time world champion. Uh, I was 28 when I won my fourth world title. And one day I woke up and I literally just woke up. I looked at my bank. I had like, I mean, I just won a world title fight, but I hadn't fought in six months. By the time I paid all my back rent and paid my car payments, all that, I looked at my bank. I had like three grand, four grand in there. And I'm like, I'm giving up my entire life and I, I don't even know how I'm going to live. I need to get rich. I want to get rich. So I said to my coach, look, I'm going to take a couple months off and I'm going to focus purely on money. And the story is, and this is a completely true story. I'm sitting with my brother. And I'm like, how can we get rich? You know what's amazing? Lots of Now I have money. Lots of people always ask me, how do I get rich? And I say, when's the last time you talked about money? When's the last time you sat down with your friends and refused to talk about anything else 
but how to make money. How are you making money? How are you making money? How am I making money? How can we make money together? How's that guy making money? How's that coffee shop there making money? Is that coffee shop making money? I don't know. Do they sell cake? No. Why don't they sell cake? Everyone in here is a businessman. If they had a, a cute young waitress, a girl, instead of a guy, they'd probably sell more coffee. Like no one analyzes anything. They just want to get rich, right? I want to be rich, but they have no plan to get rich. And a hope and a plan are very different things. I explain this to people all the time. Everyone has a dream, but no one has a plan. And nothing good is going to happen on accident, right? I didn't become world champion on accident. I didn't wake up and someone go, how'd you become world champion? And I went, oops, you, you have to plan for it. So I said to Tristan, we need to discuss money. We need to plan this and we need to work out a way we can get rich. And that's when I started analyzing and understanding banks and the, the, the credit system and the money system, how the world actually works. And then I got really pissed off because I realized that money isn't real and it's all a scam. <laughs> and then the banks are destroying us in real time with inflation. And I still don't have any. So I was really mad. And uh, I'm writing down, I was reading, I was watching some YouTube videos, like financial advice, and we're talking about assets, liabilities, et cetera. And I'm writing down all my assets and I'm trying to work out what I have that's worth money. And the only thing I wrote down, because I had a car, but what's that worth? Nothing. I'm, I'm big and strong, but I'm already fighting. I can't think of anything else to do with that. The only thing I had was, because I'd been fighting all around the world, I had these six girlfriends, right? Because you'd win the world title, you fuck a ring girl. She falls in love with you. You're the big millionaire in London, of course. She thinks she thinks you're living the balling life. You're in some <laughs> tiny, tiny apartment with a door lock. So um, I had these girlfriends and I thought, well, I can't open a strip club. It costs money to open a strip club. And I'm kind of racking my brain and by absolute coincidence, I'm going around the internet and I saw in the corner, talk to live girls now. And I'd never in my life, like I was never a porn guy. I've never been watching porn or clicking on these things. And I said, talk to live girls. So I clicked on it and there's some chick there on a computer, like hi. And I was like, my girls can do that. So that, that was the very beginning. That was the eureka moment. And I walked into my, my brother's bedroom and I said, we're going to start a webcam company. That was the beginning of it all. And how do you end up getting 75 girls to work for you? Yeah. So, and this is the thing that's interesting about it. Cause when people hear this story and they say like a pimp, et cetera, people imagine me to be this exploitive, horrible, evil man, which is absolutely and utterly the complete opposite. I'm not trying to convince the internet I'm a nice guy, right? Cause I don't give a shit. I'm just telling the truth. So the beginning of it was I messaged my six girlfriends and told them they're all coming to live with me. And I had a job for them in London. Uh, two of them wouldn't come. Four of them agreed. And I was like, we're going to make money, load money, a bunch of money. You're going to live with me, blah, blah, blah. We're going to live the dream. Right now I'm in between apartments. So I'm in this shitty apartment, <laughs> you know, because kickboxing is not boxing, bro. You're not making millions like the boxers are. So the four girls flew in. I sat them all down at a table. They're all like, who's this chick? Who's this chick? Told them all the truth. I just straight sat there, just sat there and said, listen, I've been with you all. I'm starting a webcam business. I'm going to get rich. Some of you are going to come with me to the top of the mountain. Or if you're pissed off, you can fucking fly home. Just very matter of fact to the point, because I needed money at this point. Now I have not agreed to take another fight. I need money now. So uh, two of them left, two of them agreed to stay. And the beginning of my cam empire was this tiny little apartment, me and my two girlfriends living in this house, right? Um, and they went on cam together as a duo, as a team to start making money. And that was the beginning of it. And the interesting, about it, the interesting thing about it was these girls were so inept from a business perspective. Like they're very beautiful and they're nice girls. I can't say anything bad about them, but they were not, women do not have a business mind. So they'd sit on webcam, right? And a, an old dude would sit there and the old dude would say, what kind of guy do you like? And they'd say, oh, I don't know, someone in shape who's rich and young. And I'd be like, no, no. 
He's an old dude. You have to say, I'm tired of these young guys messing me around. I need an older guy who's ready to settle down. I don't care if he has money as long as he'll take care of me. Da-da. If he's a young guy, you say, I'm tired of these old guys perving on me. You need to sell the dream. So I'm, I'm, I'm training these girls. And it got to the point where it was easier if I just typed myself. So what we ended up doing was we had the two girls on camera with a keyboard, which wasn't plugged in, doing this. And then I was behind the screen talking to the dudes saying the right things and start dragging money out the internet. And for me, I mean, this is a long time ago, right? This is about, how old am I now? I'm 34, so I was about 28. So about six, seven, maybe eight years ago, right? And making money online nowadays is far more popular than it was even eight years ago. Who do you know eight years ago who made money from YouTube or from online? Yeah, Nobody. It's just booming. It's it, just starting. It's yeah. just starting. So when I started dragging money from the internet, it was like mind blowing to me. And I'm sitting there typing and I'd, I'd type 16, 17 hours a day, but I'd pull in, let's say three grand a day, four grand a day. So that, that became my new life, right? I went from kickboxer to fucking pretend girl on the internet for about three months. I'm just typing, typing until the girls learn. And once the girls learn, they could do it themselves. Then I thought, I don't know, I need some more chicks. And that was kind of the beginning of, of the cam empire. Yeah, that's how it worked. What's the most girls you've had working with you? So here's the problem. Here's what's interesting about it. So the most girls at any one point, I had, I had four premises and I had 75 girls on the books. They weren't all working at once, but I had 75 girls who would do like one shift a week or three days a week or seven days a week. 75 women worked for me at the peak of it all. But that was a mistake because when you have a bunch of girls working for you like that, the only way you can motivate them is with money. And it's better if, when I started, the girls worked for me because they loved me, right? That's the old school pimp game, isn't it? I love this man. We're on our way to the top together. We're going to go Maldives. We're making all this money. You know, it's the old school dream. But when you get too big, you can't have all these girls in love with you. I mean, you can only fuck so much. <laughs> like, we're all human, right? So you, you can't deal with that many women. So then you have to motivate them with money. And if you're trying to motivate a woman with money, it's impossible because, and any feminist will disagree with me, but I'll tell you something. Women are loyal to one thing on the planet. And the only thing they're loyal to is, is the man they want to have sex with. That is it. If a woman's working for you and she's making 10 grand a week, but her man who, who's banging her is like, I don't want you at that. Who's the fuck is this guy pimping you out? You're there with this dude. He thinks he's something. No, fuck him. Quit. They're going to quit. Or he'll say, we can do it together, even though they can't, because there's a whole bunch of people think it's easy, right? It's not easy. You need equipment. You need, sorry, the tax, the banking. You need to know how to handle the guys. It's not easy to do. So every time there was a girl who I wasn't sleeping with, she never lasted long. So then I had these four big premises, all these overheads, all these managers that got out of control. So I cut down to like a special forces team of around eight girls. And that's where I made my most money. When I had four girlfriends, my brother had four girlfriends, me, my brother, eight women living in one house and all the women adored us and they obeyed us. And at the peak, I was turning over 400 grand a month. With eight girls? With eight girls, yeah. He's all sleeping with the same girls? No, so he had his four, I had my four. We so don't, we don't mix. We don't mix. So how do those four girls accept just to be with you? Do those other girls sleep with other people? Or Absolutely to- not. That's cheating, bro. A woman can't do that. That's cheating. It's fine if I do. I'm a man. If a woman sleeps with multiple people, that's cheating. That's absolutely unacceptable on every level. That's unacceptable. And anyone, anyone's going to sit here and say, oh, it is acceptable. No, it isn't. Men and women are not the same. We've never been the same. This new think idea that men and women are the same is complete garbage that's been invented, right? For the longest period of human history, men had a role and women had a role. Men have never been faithful, ever. Look at history. Every single king, every single sultan had more than one woman. Look at the history. Read the Bible. It's all there. Never in any point in history was there a woman with a bunch of men and that was accepted. 
Female promiscuity has always been frowned upon. Since the dawn of human time, it's been frowned upon. In fact, only 100 years ago, you couldn't get married unless you were a virgin. It was the only thing that mattered because it ensures paternity. How else do you know that kid is yours before a paternity test unless she was a virgin? It's the only way to be sure. You, you understand what I'm saying? So women, for the longest period of human time, the idea of a promiscuous female has been frowned upon and shamed. In half of the world today, it's still shamed. So a woman can't go around fucking people and pretend it's the same as a man running around fucking people. It's absolutely not the same. If I, a man can only cheat if he loves someone else. If I have a woman who I truly love and I go out and fuck and I come back to her and I don't care about her and I only love my girl, that's not cheating. That's exercise. If she even talks to a dude, it's cheating because females are emotionally invested. I have no emotional investment. So no, I'm making this very, very clear. Any woman who was with me never, never even, the only men they spoke to besides me were my brother, hi, and the guys online who were paying them. That is it. They were absolutely loyal to me. And if they weren't, they got fired. And these women are obey you. How, did, how does that happen? How do you get that to happen? You, you get that to happen through showing competence. If every single thing in life is a value exchange, every single thing in life, even friendships are a value exchange. You think of who your best friend is, right? You gain something and he gains something through your interaction, right? Either it makes you feel happy or he can help you with some things or you help each other. Every single thing in life is a value exchange. So I have to provide value for these women for them to want to be with me. You can't just be some jackass. People have this idea that, oh, you're a pimp. You just get these girls and you say work and they're scared of you and they just work. It's bullshit. I was doing this in London. A girl could have walked out the door any day, called the police on me any day. And they didn't. They wanted to be with me because they genuine, genuinely understood that their life was better if they obeyed me. They genuinely trusted me. And they genuinely also understood that if they're going to be with any kind of high value man, he's going to fucking cheat anyway. So why hide it? Isn't it easier to know the bitch? <laughs> Isn't it easier to at least suck her tits a bit and join in? Like, what's the point in pretending you're with a guy and pretending he's loyal and he's out doing whatever anyway? There's no difference. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So I know it seems like extremely, you know, it seems extreme, but these girls are making good money. They're living a very good life. They're with a man they love. They're with these other girls who are their best friends. And it was a pretty happy environment overall. I had to do a lot of policing because when, you, when you're the patriarch of that kind of environment, you do have to do a lot of policing. But all in all, there was no disrespect in the house. There was no arguments in the house. I wouldn't tolerate a negative environment. That's bad for business. There's not going to be any Debbie Downer around pissing everyone off because they're not going to smile on cam. So it was a very happy interaction. And, and, and my girls just understood, look, I'm fucking all of you. If you don't like it, leave. What's your opinion on equal rights, women, men, 50-50? I don't think the world has ever been equal. I think this whole idea 
of, of equal rights. I do believe we should have equal rights under the law, right? I'm not saying that women should completely and utterly be slaves. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the modern society we live in has been built by men. That, 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 let's, let's cut the crap. All the roads you see, all the buildings you see, everything around you, men built. All of it. When women come along and say, oh, we're, we're just as important. You are just as important, but you do had a completely different role. You fulfilled a different role in society. And I think now, if you look at the roles of society, I believe men are still doing their job, but I don't know if women are doing their job. Women's job always was procreation to look after the family and to look after the man. That's all that they had to do. And the man would go out there and risk his life and spend his time building the modern world. Men are still out here building the modern world. But when they come home now, the girl's like, oh, why should I cook for you? I think, I think women are failing in their role. I think women are failing. And that's down to the propaganda that's being, that's down to the propaganda that's being propagated by the system, right? The, the Western world is convincing women that they're a high value woman if they don't talk, take shit from a man, don't look after a man and work really hard in a career. And I just think that's, that's asinine. Why wouldn't you want to work really hard for your babies and for your man as opposed to working in some business that doesn't even care about you? That's going to furlough you as soon as Corona comes. What do you think of a man's role on this planet? I think a man's role on this planet is also another thing that we need to redefine to some degree, right? I think a man's role on this planet has changed, but from the, from the dawn of human time, a man's role has always been the capability for violence. This is what men were, right? You have to look at, you have to, when I look at the world, I look at it from a societal perspective and I look at it from an animalistic perspective. Society has told us to be certain ways and then our animal instinct tells us to be another way. So society tells you to marry one woman and be loyal, right? And then you have me saying, men are not supposed to do that. We don't want to do that. Any man who sits there and says, I want to do that is lying. He wants to keep the woman he loves and he wants the woman he loves to be happy. Of course. But if he could keep the woman he loves and keep her happy and have other women, he would. What? You're lying if you say that's not true, right? So from an animal perspective, a man's primary role was the capability for violence. We went to war. We conquered stuff. We built stuff. We, we conquered that's what men did. We conquered. To this day, still now, if you look at men, many of them are still trying to conquer the world one way or another. Why did you start this podcast? Attention, make a bit of money. Conquer the world. Yeah. This is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Why does the CEO work 15 hours a day for some fucking conglomerate while the women don't want to work that much or they'll work hard, but they want to also have a life outside of work? Why do men give up their lives for work? Is it just for money or is it because they feel important and they feel like they're conquering? This is what I'm saying. Men have that drive inside of them. And this is since the dawn of human time. Why did I fight? Why did men climb Mount Everest? Why, why did the Romans melt rocks, make swords, and walk in random directions to find somebody, anybody, to fuck them up and take their stuff? Like, this, is, this is who we are. So this is what men always were. And I think now that's got to be redefined. Obviously, we want to live in a peaceful society now, right? We can't just run around with swords. So a lot of them, the male instinct to conquer earth is financial. I think this is why men work so hard. This is why men are so obsessed with money. Or they should be. They absolutely yeah. should be obsessed with money. What do you say if a guy was working a nine to five, married to a woman, had a couple of kids, going his two or three holidays a year, yep. and he said to you he was happy? I'd say congratulations. I, I, would, I, I would genuinely say congratulations. If you're happy with that, and I know that's like a pretty normal setup. If you're happy with that, absolutely congratulations, and I don't look down on you. That's, that's perfectly fine. But some men are just not born that way. Some men are born with something else inside of them, with a fire inside of them, which cannot be extinguished by beans on toast, TV at night, nine to five, sitting around with your wife, 
couple blowjobs a month. Most, <laughs> some men are not, some men are not satisfied with that. I know me as an individual, I could not be satisfied with that. That doesn't mean I look down on the people who are. Absolutely, congratulations. But my time on the planet, I guarantee, will be more eventful. I will die with more stories. I would have made a bigger ripple in, in space time because I refuse to comply with just the average, this is okay, you'll be happy with this, take it. There's always been that class of person. Even since the dawn of time, there's been the, the, the normal guy. And then there's been the dude who insists on conquering the world. There's been Napoleon who says, no, fuck you. I'm taking this and this and this. It depends what you're born with, right? What is that great? So for you making over half a million a month, yep. shagging girls everywhere, yep. Lamborghinis, Ferraris, yep. houses all around the world, yep. were you ever fulfilled? Were you ever satisfied? Or did you constantly want more? I think I constantly wanted more, but... I don't know Where if... Where does it end though? But I don't, th I don't think it needs to end, my friend. Why does it need to end? <laughs> Why does it need to end? This is, this is it. Like I've never... I think one of the biggest mistakes a man can make is to judge his, to judge his life. Let me, let, me re let me reword this. I think a man should have absolutely no interest in whether he's actually happy or not. If I wake up and I'm unhappy... I will do the exact same things as if I am happy. I will go to the gym the same. I will work the same. How I feel has no impact on how I live my life. I don't think happiness as an index is a healthy view for a man to have on life success. Women are different. Women just want to be happy, right? Women just want to smile. They don't care how. They don't care if they deserve it or not. As long as they get to smile, women are happy. That's women. But I think for a man, if you're waking up and going, oh, am I happy? Am I not? You're looking at life wrong. I think of a man, if you put happiness far, if you move it down the scale, right? And you start looking at, am I, am I successful? Am I competent? You know, am I achieving things? Am I, am I, am I respected? If you start to look at these indicators of your life, you're going to end up being happier without actually analyzing if you're happy or not. So for me, I understood very, very well that half a million dollars a month is good but a million dollars a month is better. And I also very, very much understood that as soon as you stop pushing forward, as soon as you go stagnant, you're dying, right? As soon as you stay in one place, you're slowly on the way down, right? If you were to, if, you're, if your podcast, if your channel now were to stagnate in views, you'd be worried. That's effectively dying. It has to grow at all times. So every business has to work. So for me, I was under enormous pressure. I, I didn't think, oh, I have plenty of money now. It was the complete opposite. I wanted to work harder, more hours. I found the tap. Bro, if, if there was a golden tap that, that, that unlimited money and you had buckets and you took one bucket of money, would you just take that bucket or would you run back and get another bucket and run back and, and run? I couldn't stop. I couldn't sleep. I'd wake up to go piss at three in the morning, take a piss. And by the time I finished pissing, I'd be like, I've slept three hours, that's enough. And wake the chicks up and put them back online. I couldn't get out of my brain because I saw that I'd replaced fighting, which I loved with this. And this was my chance to escape the matrix. Bro, this has been inside of me since as, as, as early as I can remember. I remember walking to sixth form college. I was 16 or 17 with my four friends and a Ferrari burnt past us. I said to my, my boys, I was like, man, how'd that guy get that car? And they're like, don't know. I was like, doesn't that annoy you? Like, why would it annoy me? Because we're going to school, our parents are on council estates. Like we're we're trying to scrape twenty pounds a week to to eat. This dude has four hundred grand for a car. Doesn't that aggravate you? Doesn't that show you that there's something about the world you do not understand? That you're missing something. And they're all like, not really. 
And they're all the dudes who are right now at home, nine to five, couple blowjobs, da, da, da. I was never that guy. I was pissed off for weeks because I saw some dude in his Ferrari. Do you understand? I was like, no, I have to. So now when I push my Ferrari, I'm like, this is the full circle. Uh, this is the universe giving me what I've always been manifesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. So now when people say, Andrew, why do you have 17 supercars? Because I have 17. I have every brand you can fucking name. I have 17 cars. I have over $10 million of cars. But because it was a car, these cars used to piss me off. So now I have to have them all. Every, I don't even need to drive them. I have to have them. I'm trying to conquer the earth, my friend. Maybe I'm crazy, but this is what I'm trying to do. It's what I've always been trying to do. So I've never been satisfied. To, to this day, I'm making more money now than I was making in my cam days. I'm still not happy. But I don't judge my life on happiness. I don't look at it that way. I look at all the other human metrics and say, where am I failing? Am I in good shape? Yeah. Am I rich? Yeah. Do I have good friends, good connections? Yeah. Do I do whatever I want? Am I free? Tick, 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 tick. Well, fuck it then. Then life's fine. You know? What makes you unhappy? So now we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum. I don't believe in unhappy. I, I, I believe, okay, let me, let me word it this way. I'm happy every day, right? Let's say happiness is a scale. If you're not distraught, then you're happy. And I mean that like three or four times in your life, like a family member is going to die or something really bad is going to happen and you're going to be devastated. And when you're distraught, you can't even talk. Like, you know, when you're genuinely heartbroken, you can't even speak. You can't even talk. You just want to be left alone and you can't talk. Those days are coming for all of us. Either we're going to die or someone we love is going to die. Those days are coming. You do. This is the, this is guaranteed. So until those days come, I'm happy. I'm very binary, yes or no, one or zero. Unless I'm distraught, I'm happy. Now, happiness can be a sliding scale, right? I can be less happy some days than others, but I'm still happy because I'm not distraught. There's a really interesting show I watched a long time ago, and it was a documentary about colors. And it was saying they found this tribe in Africa, and in the tribe in Africa, they had different names for the colors than we have. And they got two different shades of blue, which were basically identical, like a blue, one kind of blue, another kind of blue, basically identical. And to them, they were completely different colors. But then they put like blue and yellow and they couldn't tell the difference. They couldn't tell the difference because the blue and the yellow had one name and these two kinds of blues had a different name. And what they were trying to say is if your brain is associated a name with something, it's very hard to work out the difference between the, the two things that have the same name. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm never unhappy. I'm happy always. Do you understand what I mean? If I'm not distraught, I'm happy. So I never wake up and go, I'm unhappy today. I wake up and go, oh, I'm a little bit less happy today, but I'm happy. I've labeled myself as happy. I've labeled myself as lucky. I'm labeled these things and I truly believe them. I will pass any lie detector test today that I'm the most content, happy man in the world because that's what I've decided. That's what I've labeled myself as. So how can it not be true? Do you think you can condition the mind to keep seeing it to ab absolutely. eventually believe yourself that you're happy? Ab absolutely you can. I, I talk to people all the time, like, oh, I'm unhappy, I'm depressed. And I'm like, stop saying it. You're yeah, saying it. You gotta be speaking. Yeah, yeah. Why are you saying it? You're happy, my friend, because you're talking. If you're truly, if you're truly unhappy, you don't talk. When something think of the last time you lost a family member. The first thing you did is you sat in silence for half an hour. First, you get a phone call and you just sit there. And someone goes, What's happened? And you might give them a few words. That's unhappy. If you're running your mouth down the pub about being unhappy, you're attention seeking. That's what you're doing. So a lot of people are labeling themselves and I, I absolutely refuse to, to take my own power away. There are so many things in the world trying to kill us. Like you got enemies, you got people on the streets with blades, you got bacterias, fucking lions. Oh, I've got enough enemies, bruv. Sharks want me dead. 
like every, I've got enough enemies. Why am I going to take my own power away? And this is what people really don't yet understand. There's only one thing on the planet you actually have control over. You can't control the weather. You can't control your health. You can get a brain aneurysm or a heart attack. You can't control other people. The only thing you can actually really truly control is what you think. That's the only thing you can change in real time. You can be thinking of red and change it to blue. So why are you not controlling your own mind? It's your, it's your asset. It's your ally. It's your friend. Why would you make an enemy out of the only thing you have control over? I refuse to do that. It doesn't make sense to me. You could, the worst thing on earth that could happen to a man could happen to me. And I guarantee you, I would still label myself happy. I'm happy because that's who I am. That's how I view myself. That's what I've decided. When you had the 75 girls, did you sleep with everyone? No, I couldn't. There's too many. There's no way. It was impossible. Should have phoned me, bro. bro <laughs> should have hired you. Like, James, we got work to do. Nah, nah, nah. I couldn't, man. I couldn't. So we had like a management structure. So how do you do it? How does, listen, having a girlfriend or a whatever, if you've got a, a bit on the side, that's fucking hard work. Yeah. I've done it for many years, hiding. Yeah. yeah. And just, you, you lose track sometimes. So yeah. for somebody to keep 75 girls, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah, so I, I wasn't sleeping with most of them. I say up to 75, I was probably still only sleeping with five or six. I tried to go like very legit businessman with it and not sleep with the girls, etc. But that's when I learned my lessons, right? I learned so many lessons from that period of my life about male-female dynamics. So many lessons. And I learned that women are loyal to the dick they want to suck and nothing else. And if they're not having sex with you, they're going to have sex with somebody else. They're not going to go sexless. And whoever they're having sex with is the person they're going to listen to ultimately. And that person does not want them in naked in another dude's house. Why would they? Right? So I was trying to motivate girls with money. So the girls who loved me and worked for me, my main girlfriends, they'd get probably around 20% of their money. I'd keep 80% of the money they made. So they basically worked for free. They worked for my love and attention. The other girls was the other way around. I'd keep 20% for all the help I gave them, the premises, the typing. Cause I, by that time I had a, a room of typers. I had like four or five girls who were full-time professional typers. They were ugly, but they were smart. And then I had the pretty girls on the cameras. So I had like a professional setup. So I was taking 20% of the money from them and they'd get 80% of the money. So I was trying to motivate them with money, but motivating with money doesn't work for two reasons. The first reason is if a girl has no romantic interest in you, the idea of her making you money off of her tits offends her. Like you're using her tits. It's like grabbing a girl's tits who doesn't like you. Do you understand what I mean? There's something weird about it. They didn't like it. I'd buy a new car and they'd be like, fucking, why is this guy? Why is he getting a cut? Even though I was getting a minuscule cut for the amount of work I did for them, I was getting very small from these girls because these are the girls who I didn't know romantic interest in. That was the first thing. So they, they were abrasive. They were idiots. And the second thing is, the man they're sleeping with is always like, hey, why the fuck are you working for this guy? We can do this ourselves. You can do this yourself. Fuck him. He's exploiting you. Because they don't want the fucking girl working for me, right? And what's amazing is every single time a girl quit, because we had a professional setup, because we had expertise, it's like a podcast, bro. You have a podcast. If someone were to go, I could do a podcast, go on then. <laughs> and then you'll see them fail, right? So these girls would be working for me, making 10 grand a month, and they'd be keeping eight grand. I took two grand. They'd quit try and do it with their boyfriend, make one grand a month and then quit. Every single one who stopped working for me ended up failing and begging for her job back. 100% rate, right? So what I started doing is me and the other girls, I started having firing girls parties because what I wanted to do is I understood the psychology of women and women as a whole are absolutely group thinkers. Females are sheep. 
Everyone says men are, everyone says women are complicated. No, they're not. Women are extremely simple. Women are programmable. Women are blank slates and they're programmed. And they're either programmed by you as a man or they're programmed by society. The good wife who obeys her man and cooks for him and cleans for him has been programmed by her man. The woman who goes, I don't need no man. I'm a feminist. That has been programmed by society, by the BBC. They're programmed. They're all born blank. And someone inserts the programming, right? So with my women, because of groupthink, every single time a girl would fire, get fired or quit, we'd have a party. And when you'd have a party about a girl quitting, all the girls would stand around and laugh. Oh, she's going to end up asking for a job back. She doesn't appreciate what Andrew did for her. Ha ha ha. Da, da, da. And then girls didn't want to quit because they knew there'd be a party about them. And they didn't want there to be a party about them. Do you understand? I had girls come to me saying, look, I have to leave. I'm sorry. I really have to leave. Please don't throw a party about like, cause they were so scared of all the girls who used to know them, like mocking them behind their back. So we had like this group think thing going on, but this is how women are programmed to as a whole, even out here in society, bro, who are the most, the strongest advocates for this Corona crap? Women, women are the easiest to program. You could trick women all day long. Right? So, but I wasn't tricking anyone. I was just saying, look, you can make a bunch of money. I never exploited anybody. I never hit a girl. I never hurt nobody. I never, I didn't even have to raise my voice. I was a positively inspirational and motivating person. I was a pimp. I made them feel happy doing what they did. They liked working for me. So that was it as a whole. It was a very happy environment. There was, there was no slavery element. You're not going to get a girl to, to work 12 hours a day, six days a week by being mean to her. Yeah, because a lot of stuff online, I think they say like 80% of the girls are sexually abused and shit like that. So there's always I mean, going to be question marks for people doing webcam I mean, porn yeah, and stuff and, like that. And I know that. I mean, but I really do think that with porn, I don't know because I've never run a porn business. I think if a girl turns to porn, then she's had a hard life. Why would you want to be rallied left, right, and center by who fuck knows who on camera? I think there's something wrong with that. I don't think that's a natural feminine mindset. I don't think any woman who's normal in her brain wants that. I think that's wrong. But with Cam, I genuinely had girls who worked for me who had like had a boyfriend for 10 years or only slept with two men in their lives. That It's just pixels on a screen, bro. Like it, it's, it's not like people imagine it to be. It's just like a, a 99% of Cam is a Cam girl is, is much more a therapist than she is a porn star. Like she can make so much money from showing her tits, whatever, but she makes the big money from making these guys like her being funny, banter, having good friends, messing around. I had girls who would paint pictures and paint and sell the painting. I had girls who played piano. I go, it was, it was not as sexual as people think it was. It was very much like guys fell in love with them on the internet. They're How just, long does it last for somebody to pay? Is that a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes? Man, it wasn't even about privates like that. It was if, 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 you, if you're a good girl and you're very good at the job and you'd get loyal fans who really loved you, they'd be there every single day and they wouldn't even be buying your time. They'd just be donating money. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's the worst thing you've seen a man wanting to see? Worst? Yeah. 
you know, and that's another thing because there's rules on these websites. They can't ask for bestiality. They can't ask for kitty shit. They can't ask for anything uh, too weird. So, shit and a shoe. Nah, you, no. none of that shit. They're not allowed to ask for that. The only, I mean, I've had some funny ones. We had a guy, one of my best girls had a guy called Paul. I think he was from Scotland. Do you know, <laughs> do you know any Scottish guys called Paul? I don't know if you. Okay, so here's what Paul's up to. So Paul sent her $500, just tipped it to her. Bang, 500 bucks. Please, can you buy some gummy bears? So she bought some gummy bears. And the next day he said, okay, here's what I want you to do. And he took her private and he was paying $5 a minute for this. And I think all in all, he was on there for another $500 worth. So this is a $1,000 interaction. He got the girl to line up all the gummy bears and pretend they were him and all his friends, right? And she's sitting there with her tits out and all the gummy bears. And she'd have to pick up one of the friends and like, hmm, he looks tasty. And then Paul would be like, please don't eat my friend. Please don't eat my friend. And he'd be, she'd be like, mm, but he looks good. Please, please, please don't. And you'd see him on camera. He's like jerking off. Please, please, please don't. And she'd like put him in her tits, whatever. And then she'd like lick him. And he's, and he's literally about to come everywhere from this. Eventually she starts chewing his friend, eating his friend. And he loved it. Please, no, please stop eating me. Please stop eating me. Until she's eating all the friends. And then it's down to Paul, isn't it? He's the last guy. And he's like, please don't eat me. Please, I'll do anything. Please, I'll give you more money. Please don't eat me. She's like, no, I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat you. And after about two minutes of threatening to eat him, she chews Paul and he comes all over the place. So, I mean, you call that kind of thing. It's a bit weird, but it's funny. Like, who gives a shit, right? The girl, the girl thinks it's funny. No, no one took it that seriously. The idea that these women on webcam are like sexually abused or forced to do it or that's wrong. I literally had a girl who was a waitress in Nando's who just wanted more money and came and did it and thought it was funny and talked to Paul and his bullshit. And a bunch of men in America fell in love with her and they didn't even know her real name and she made a bunch of money. It, it, it can be that cool. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, can, I can assure you because I, I lived it. How do you recruit people for you? Do you go on the streets and pick girls, Tinder? Do you, how, what no, was that? just me and my brother were living our lives. We lived a very good life. We attracted female attention. We're pushing Lamborghinis. We're living a good life. And every time we dated a girl, we'd just say, look, do you want to do this? And if they said no, we'd say, okay, cool. If they said yes, we'd say, okay, cool. That was it. We were the head recruiters. Have you ever been in love? Absolutely. Have you? I completely believe in love. This is the thing. What I is love to you? I completely believe in love. I can, I've, I'm, a, I'm a massive advocate for love. I'm a massive advocate for men and women being in love with each other. I'm not one of them evil predators or one of them playboys who thinks women are just for sex. Not at all. If you're sick, if you're, <laughs> if you're, no, but if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're sick, if you're sick in bed, the first thing you do is call a woman, right? You don't call your boys when you're sick in bed or you're, you call your, you call a woman, right? Like there's a, a very sacred interaction between men and women. I love the idea of family. I love the idea of children. I love the idea of being in love with a woman. I love the idea of her loving me. I just don't see why I should only love one. I don't see why I can't love five. Have you ever been heartbroken? Uh, yeah. When I was younger, like 18, 19, everyone's been heartbroken, right? How did that affect you? Do you think that plays a part on the way, you know, people see you as a womanizer, a playboy? Yeah, but, but this is the thing. I really, truly, truly believe that I'm just very honest. I don't think I'm any worse than most other men. I just think I tell the truth. I, I just think I've realized that cheating and hiding is too much fucking work. Just to say, look, my dear, I love you with all my heart. We're going to be together forever. I fucked that bitch. Yeah, my clothes stink of perfume. I'm sorry. I don't even know her name. Whatever. And what do your girlfriends say? I mean, they can either go crazy and leave or they can not go crazy and stay. Like, they're, they're just, it's a binary decision, right? And I think that what's, what people really don't, when I say this, people really don't believe it. They say, oh, but that means the girl doesn't really love you. I completely, uh, that's not true. If she didn't really love me, she'd leave. She completely loves me. What women are looking for is women want to feel special. Sexual exclusivity is how a woman proves to a man that that man is special to her. You are my man, so I only sleep with you. 
right? And what we've done in the modern world is saying, ah, so we'll reverse it. For a woman to be special, you have to prove she's special, you have to only sleep with her. If she knows she's special in other ways, then she doesn't give a fuck what you do. And this is really not revolutionary. What I say, people, people are going to be all in the comments going, ah, his girls are sluts or his girls don't really love him. That's not true. I know my women love me. I know they've been loyal to me. I've had, had a girl, I've had two of my girls who started with me at the beginning, eight years, I'm still with to this, to this day. So if you go to Russia, for example, and you're a high value man, do you think these mafia guys in Russia are loyal? You think Putin's loyal? These big boys? No. I mean, this is, this is accepted over there. If you speak to a Russian girl, she's like, oh, he's rich. Of course he has his fun, but I'm his wife. It's normal, completely normal. It's only in countries like America and England where a woman's going to go, I would never take that. I'd never accept that. Oh, you're going to let a man pay for your entire life. You're going to push a merc. You're going to have this fucking big G. But if he talks to some bitch one night while he's out drunk, you're going to fucking pretend that that's the worst thing in the world. That's Western bullshit feminist thinking. If you remove the feminist, the feminism element, that doesn't exist in most places in the world. You go to Russia and live in Russia, every single high-level guy has fucking three or four mistresses, all of them. Do you have kids? Do I have kids? If I had kids, I wouldn't say on the podcast. But if you had a daughter, say, yep. how would you feel if she came in with a man like you? Be well, honest. Okay, and this is the thing, and I'm going to actually be completely honest here. I really try and base my worldviews on brutal realism. I try and be a realist, even if it's hard to be a realist. If that man made her happy, good. See, I would cut his fucking dick off. Well, this is, this is, and I know, and I understand that. But if, if she were to say, look, he does what he does, but I really love him. And, he, and I was like, does he hurt you? No, he doesn't hurt me. And I'm happy with him. Then I'd be like, as long as you're happy. But it's double standards, isn't it? Why am I like that though? Why of course it's double standards. Done, of course it's double. All the shit that I've don't, done, but yet I don't, don't want my daughter to get truthful. That's why I try to make some changes to see the world differently, to not hurt people's feelings and... But why has it got to hurt people's feelings? I don't know, man. Like, but I, this is what I mean. I don't think it does. As fuck, I don't think it does. I think I really, I don't think it does. I can tell you now, I can tell you now, honestly and utterly with, 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 let's say I have a girl and I take her on holidays. I look after her. She's financially looked after. She's the only girl I sleep next to. I don't sleep. And when I say sleep, I mean like actually sleep. I don't sleep and hug other women. I just fuck other women sometimes. And she genuinely, genuinely doesn't care anymore. She was like, okay, whatever. Just make sure none of these bitches ever message me. Cause, and everyone knows she's the queen. She's with me all over Instagram. Everyone knows she's my main girl. And she really genuinely doesn't care. Why? There's no unhappiness. There's no unhappiness. I know people believe that's an impossible scenario to set up, but it really isn't. Because what's funny is this. I say this to girls all the time. Girls always say, I'd never take that crap. I'd never put up with that. Because girls always say that. I say, all right, go to your man right now and demand to see his phone. Because he's going to make excuses. Say, we're going to swap phones for a week. He's going to say, oh, no, because of work. Da, 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 da. No, 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 don't buy his shit. Because if he's making excuses, he doesn't want you to see something. And you know what that is. That's pussy. You know it and I know it. So go in there and demand it. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I, I trust him. No, you don't trust him. You just don't want to see the truth because you already know what he's doing. Every woman who's with a fucking G already knows what he's doing. They just lie to themselves and pretend to be blind. The difference between me is my girl hasn't got to fucking live in a fantasy. She knows. She's, those women who pretend to not know are no better than my woman who actually knows. In fact, I'd say my woman who actually knows is smarter than them bimbos. We're going to sit there and pretend, no, I know. No, I don't need to check on him. I trust him while he's away for two weeks. All right. It's garbage, bro. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Why did you choose Bucharest to live? Good question. That's a good question. So um, I'm disenfranchised with the West. I'm anti-West. 
this is a completely different pivot now, but my political, my political views are completely anti-Western. I think that the West is on a serious moral and economic decline. And I would rather live in a society which I see is on the way up than on the way down. I think America is becoming more and more violent by the day. Taxes are getting higher and higher. Police powers and police control are getting more and more strict. You're living in a society where you have to be scared of the criminals, scared of the police, scared of the tax man, scared of everything. And I don't see what the benefit of living there is. I don't see it. Same in England. You look at London 10 years ago compared to London now. I can't wear a nice watch in London. Not like I used to be able to. Like London's not even safe at night most places now. I'm risking getting stabbed to pay 60% taxes. But if I, and then on top of that, the police want to give me a fine for not wearing a mask. It's a police state. If I'm going to live in a police state, I want at least to be provided with safety. If I go to Dubai, it's a police state, but it's safe. I can wear a million dollar watch all day long. I know I can't fuck with the law, but at least they've given me my safety. In the West, they're going to they're gonna take all your freedom and not provide safety and then want to police your Facebook comments. Why would I stay here? I have money. I don't need to stay here. So as soon as I realized I didn't need to stay here, then I started looking at the world and you realize the world is small because all the problems I just described is all of Western Europe and America and Canada is all the same. All of South America, if you're flexing and living a good life, you're risking getting your head chopped off. Australia is a fucking penal colony. Fuck them. Southeast Asia, a lot of it's crap. I mean, I don't want to bang Thai girls and run around in the sand. Lady boys. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you start running out of places. And, and, and then you start looking, and the only places to really live that I've enjoyed in my life are Dubai, but that's just one city. You border the city, there's nowhere to go. Or Russia and Eastern Europe. So uh, in Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe is very much a safe place unless you piss off the wrong boys, right? So Eastern Europe is a completely different way crime works. In England, crime can be very random. I was walking down the street, wrong place, wrong time, he stabbed me. In Romania, the chance of a random attack is zero. More mafia, more organization. But, but yeah, but if you fuck with the wrong guy, you're going to disappear. But that's the same everywhere in the world, right? If you yeah. fuck with the wrong guy. So I would rather live in a society knowing that I have to respect certain people, but the chance of random violence is zero than England, where you still have to respect certain people and there's a random violence element, right? So I knew some very important guys in Romania. I didn't want to live in Eastern Europe the way I live. You can't just rock up to Ukraine, start pushing a Lambo and fucking a bunch of girls and not have trouble, right? But in Romania, I had good friends to make sure that didn't happen. So um, I had very good friends there from fighting and I went to Romania and we became business partners on a few, bunch of other things and now it is what it is. So um, I feel very, very safe there, 100% safe. Where do you there. think the most beautiful ghettos in your opinion are on this planet? I would say either Russia or Moldova, but I would say if you're, gonna, if you're watching this and you want to go to visit, they're very difficult to sleep with. They're not stupid. <laughs> They're not stupid. I'm telling you, people, people really have this view of Eastern European girls as sluts because a lot of them are working girls. Like if you go to, yeah, like if you go to Dubai or if you go to a brothel in Germany, there's a bunch of Romanian girls, right? So they think all oh, Romanian girls are sluts. I say, no, Romanian girls are not sluts. They're smart. If a Romanian girl wants to be a slut, she does it for money. And if she doesn't do it for money and she's not a slut, she's exceptionally hard to sleep with. A lot of these girls in Bucharest are 25, 26. They've got two men, three men body counts. Sorry. <clears throat> they're very hard. If they want to be a hoe, they're going to be a hoe and get paid. Only an English or an American girl is stupid enough to be a hoe for free. Because over here, they'll be a hoe because they were drunk. They'll just be a hoe because they're dumb. Oh, I slept with a bunch of men. Oh, he was funny. So he jizzed on me. Like, they're just idiots. In, the, in Eastern Europe, they're far too intelligent for that. They understand that the number one commodity a female has is beauty. And if they're born with it, they're not going to fucking waste it going out getting hammered and banging Joe whoever. 
They're not going to do that. They're not stupid like that. So Western girls are extremely easy to sleep with compared to Eastern European women. Eastern European women are much, much harder. They're more savvy. And people say that they're gold diggers. I wouldn't say they're gold diggers. I would say that if a woman from Romania or Ukraine or Russia is going to be dating you, she is genuinely considering if there's a future for marriage and babies because they still have that element of society where women are respected as a mother. They want to be mothers. So if you have no money, why, can they have, why would they want a family with you? They're not going to have a good life, are they? So they are gold diggers, not in a gold digger, give me a handbag way. They're in a, can this man financially provide for me to have a family from him? I don't want to go work for 300 euro a month because that's what I'm going to get. Can this man pay for me? So yeah, they do respect money, but they're much harder to sleep with. So Russia or Moldova. But so I'm saying that now because if any guy goes, oh, Russian women, I'm going to go over there. You're not going to fucking slam nothing same night. You're going to be out. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. They're very difficult. You have to date them for a long time. You know, they want to go on lots of dates. They want to really know you. It's harder over there. And Moldova, I wouldn't go to because Moldova is probably the most hostile place I've ever been. I've been there three times and was attacked twice. Why is that? Because they are super right-wing nationalist. And you know what's crazy? Even though they attacked me, I respect them for it. So me and my brother were walking down Chisinau, Moldova. It's two in the morning. We had these three girls with us. We're walking. We're talking to the girls in English. And this guy goes, oh, American. And I go, hi. He goes, oh, you come here to bang, bang. We're like, what? You come here porno. Yeah, you come here porno. And by the time he said that, four of his friends had got out of the car and they jumped us because they knew Americans have come to this shithole country to fuck our women. Why else am I there? Why else would I be in Kishina, Moldova? It's not for all the beautiful girls. They knew exactly why I was there. I knew why I was there. The girl, everyone understood the interaction and the Moldovan men are just like, fuck you. We're not going to let you come here and just bang our women. Why would we? They're super, super nationalistic, super, super right wing. And that's happened to me twice. They came, they punched me. I, I took it. I punched my brother. We got them all on one side because we had them surrounded. We're like, okay, we're leaving, leave. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> we're leaving, we're leaving. My brother speaks Romanian. They speak Romanian and Russian. My brother said, we're not tourists. We're not tourists in Romanian, which took, threw them off a little bit. And we got in the taxi. We said to the girls, come get in the taxi. So the girls still came with us. We got in the taxi. Tristan's lips bleeding a little bit, nothing too big. We got back to the hotel and went to, went to the hotel. The girls started telling the hotel receptionist what happened. And then what was scary is the hotel receptionist started to panic. We're like, because it was a woman. She's like, oh, well, what car were they in? And I was like, a BMW. She goes, oh, because over there, the average wage in Moldova is like $200 a month. Having a BMW is a big deal, right? Like, oh, they had a BMW. Oh, they, they might be mafia guys. They're going to come here. They're going to come after you. They're going to come after you. And we're like, well, how are they going to know that we're here? And the receptionist says, the taxi now is going to go back to them and say for a tip, they'll tell, they'll tell them you're here. I'm here by myself. I'm here by myself. And she started really having like a panic attack. I said, like, well, call the police then. She goes, no, no. She didn't want to call the police. Don't know why. So now me and Tristan are scared. The whole interaction, we were only, it was just reaction, right? We weren't really scared. And once we're in the taxi, we're like, whatever. But now we're scared because the receptionist is panicking. This is four in the morning on a Saturday morning. And we're sitting there and we looked on the thing and there was a flight back to Romania, which is generally safe at 6 a.m. So we just packed and bailed. It was like, all right, well, shit, let's get out of here. And the, twice similar stories have happened to me in Moldova. So Moldovans are super, super protective of their people and their culture. And then sometimes I walk through London and look at all the problems we have here and I, I have to respect them because they won't let anyone go there and fucking fuck around with them or disrespect them or fuck their women or nothing. And the girls there are 10 out of 10. They're fucking beautiful, but they're kind of trapped there and the men won't let us go there. So, but I respect them. I really respect them as men. If I were to meet those guys who jumped me, I'd shake his hand. I'd be like, I get it. I get it. You own casinos as well? Yes. So in Romania, I have 15 branches of a casino. It's, it's, there's no live dealers. It's just machines. So it's like arcade setup. Um, Corona came and fucked that up. So <laughs> I've been paying 15 rents for a year and a half. So that's been exciting. 
But um, yeah, I own casinos as well as well in Romania, and that was one of the uh, businesses I opened. About I wanted to open that business for a long time. This actually feeds back into what we were saying earlier about analyzing money, right? So I'm I own ten percent of RXF, which is the Romanian UFC. So I own a percentage of the cage fighting organization. Um, and I'm sitting here and I do the commentary, the English commentary. So I'm commentating. And one of the main sponsors is this casino brand. And this casino brand is owned by three brothers. And they have 400 locations from Estonia all the way down the east of Europe. I, I, I overheard them say something like they turn over like 18 million a day or something. Something ridiculous money. Ridiculous money. These three brothers, right? And uh, I went to them and I said, because they're sponsoring the show. I said, look, guys, I want to open some casinos. I want to get involved in this moneymaker. And they kind of looked at me, you know, typical Eastern European mafia. Imagine, you know, fat, bald, cigar, exactly like you'd imagine them to be. And they're like, why do we need you? Like, if, if, if I want to open a location, I send a picture on a WhatsApp group at a, of a building. And two weeks later, there's a location. What, what do I need you for? I was like, okay, valid point. Well, I'm going to find a reason for you to need me, right? So a few years go past. We're kind of talking back and forth. They won't let me franchise with them. They're not interested. And then um, I came up with this plan. I went to them one day and I said, look, how about this? I'll open up. I'll pay to open locations, so it costs you no money to be involved. I'll give you a percentage of turnover, not profits. Even if it makes no money, you're making money because it's pure turnover. And I'll open up directly next door to your number one competitor in Romania. So I'm going to go to war for you with my money because I'm right next door to your competitor. The location may not make money. I'll lose all my money, but you're getting a percent of turnover. Doesn't, you ain't got to do anything. doesn't cost you anything. You make money, and it's just pissing your competitor off. At, at, at worst case, it annoys number two in the, in the country, right? And they agreed. So I opened up next door to the competitor and then I have to try and make money, right? So this goes back into what I was saying earlier because people always say to me, how do you make money, Tate? You have to sit and genuinely think and analyze. So I open up this casino next door to my competitor and two doors down, there's a Starbucks. Line for Starbucks is going out the door. Starbucks is always busy. So okay, so I put a huge sign up, a massive sign up saying free coffee. And I had a really cute little waitress and I bought a very expensive coffee machine. And what happened is, because the, the, the line for Starbucks was so long, the dudes would go, well, I'll just go get free coffee in there. And then they'd gamble their fiver instead of buy the coffee. And the girl was always pretty. She was instructed to flirt with them and make the nice coffees. Da, da, da. And I started to make a lot of money. And for about six months, I was, my friend, I was top of the world. And uh, I ordered a Bugatti Chiron, paid, one, paid for one of them. Is that's that all about a million? Yeah, that, that's 4.2. What? 4.2. 4.2 yeah. million? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So I bought, <laughs> I bought a Bugatti Chiron. That's my 18th car. That's on the way. I already have every other car there is. And then Corona came. So, uh, I mean, I'm okay for money, of course. But then Corona came and shut me all down because they've closed everything. Romania's, I probably shouldn't say this on the internet, but I'm going to. Romania's completely corrupt from head to toe, right? So when Corona came, I've, through fighting and through these things, I have a very, very extensive network in Romania. I, I like to make this very clear. One of the reasons I love living there so much is because I'm at the very top echelon of society. If I need to speak to the prime minister, I can make that happen, right? I, I can't do that in the West, yeah? So we went and met with some members of parliament and they're like, well, it's not us, it's European Union directed all of this COVID lockdown garbage. They knew COVID was a scam. They knew it, everyone knew it. European Union told us to, they gave us billions in relief funds relief funds, bribes to listen. So we can't really open them. You can open them if you don't put the outside lights on and you just like on the sly. So I did a deal with them to open them on the sly and pay bribes. So for I was open for like the first month with bribes, but the bribe kept going up because it's Romania, right? The police chief would come, he wants some. 
And the police chief would call his mate, who's the fucking, I don't know, fire inspector, some jackass he'd come. Then the alcohol licensing man would come. It was just like everyone's go on the phone like, hey, this casino's still open. They'll pay you to go away. So before you know it, every five minutes, someone's in the door for money. And we weren't making money, so we had to close down. So we've been closed until we're still closed to this day. We're still waiting to be reopened. And uh, nobody feels sorry for the casino owner. It's kind of hard to play the pity card. My business has gone under. Everyone's like, who gives a shit? Fuck you. You got sheer on. So it's, I'm just stuck here right now. So I'm just living my life traveling the world. So. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're buying your cars and stuff. Is it still the same fulfillment? Is it still the same happiness? Or is it just, nah? I love cars, right? But you know what? I'd be happy without any cars. Yeah. I'd be happy without any money, man. I, I, I really, I'd, I would be happy. Did you with- always be like that, though? No, I was always driven. As long as I, as long as I felt like I was getting somewhere, I was happy. And if you took it all away from me now, I would start to make progress again. If you, if I lost everything today, back to flat zero by tomorrow, I'd be making some progress. Even if I had one pound as opposed to zero, as long as I feel like I'm doing something, I'm happy. This is how life works, right? If you even let's, let's take cars, you're driving at 200 miles an hour. You don't feel it. It's accelerating to 200 miles an hour that you feel. You don't feel once you're doing the speed, you feel the acceleration. It's the acceleration that's exciting. You need, you need to feel the change in your life to benefit from it. If you're born, I think the most miserable people on earth are those people who are born filthy rich. Imagine being born as an oil shake. Money has no value. A Ferrari, you think it's gonna make you happy? Has no value. Nothing has value. Everything is just whatever. Girls have no value. You can buy unlimited hookers. You can buy unlimited Bugattis. You can buy whatever you want. Diamonds. It doesn't mean anything. You have to be broke to appreciate being rich. You, you need that. So anyone who's sitting there going, oh, I want money. Good. You need to feel how you feel now. Being poor is what's going to make you happy once you have money. This is a very key element to it. But I think it's, I think it's, the, it's the journey, not the destination, right? So... There's still a whole bunch more for me to fucking waste money on, my friend. You put a post out on Twitter, something about, (laughs) was it Star Wars and was it a Lamborghini or something, but it caused a shitstorm. What was that post? Yeah, I I really upset the Star Wars fans and I I made a point that I've never watched Star Wars. And every time I say I've never watched Star Wars, people are like, oh, you have to see it. You're missing out. And I said, I've lived a very good life and I'm a multimillionaire, retired world champion kickboxer. I feel like you've missed out. That was the point I was trying to make. As in, I don't need the movie to feel like. Did you I've, not have a picture of a car or something? It was me and a Bentley, yeah. 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 And everyone's like, that's not your car. And it blew up in like the geek world of Star Wars, right? So I've kind of gone viral. So all the geeks of the world hate me. But um, is there a lot of jealousy towards you? I don't know. I really do believe, I really do believe in, I want to, don't want to go too airy fairy, but from a karma perspective, I do believe in that if you're good to people. In general, in 99% of cases, if you show people respect, they show it back. 
And I'll tell you something now, and a lot of people comment on this about me. I didn't even realize how, not important, I didn't realize how uh, overt it was until people tell me. People tell me all the time. I'm super nice to like wait staff. I tip massively. Like I'm a very positive person. No one interacts with me and it's negative unless it's genuinely beef. Do you understand? Like I try my very, very best to come in, say hello to everybody. If I'm at a hotel and I'm eating and it's a buffet, you know, like these buffet hotels, I'll finish the buffet and I'll go up to the chef and say, that was, that was amazing. Very good. Who's, who's ever complimented a buffet chef? Nobody. They stand there all day, cooking all day. Some fucking Egyptian dude, right? Making very average food. <laughs> and I'll eat his average ass food and go tell him good job. And he'll, his face will light up like you would not believe. I really believe in, in spreading positivity as a whole. I do believe in that. I don't see any reason to be negative. I mean, I'm sure there's people who hate me. There's people who are going to listen to this podcast and go, this guy's full of shit. This guy, da, da, da. But I don't need to lie about anything I've ever done, right? I don't need to lie about the life I live. I don't need to lie about my interactions with females or the money I make or anything. And what's really interesting to me is I now I'm getting quite big. I get recognized all the time. When I was in America, I got recognized on the street. I got recognized on the street everywhere from Instagram or from my YouTube channels, et cetera. And there's two kinds of people. There's people who are jealous of me and angry by what I say. And then there's the people who say, can you teach me something? Those are the smart ones, right? If, if there's someone who has something I, I want, even if I don't like him, I would think, well, he must know something that's useful to me. Is it, is it better for me to make friends with this person and try and learn from him or leave a hateful comment on his YouTube? What's going to benefit my life? Do you understand what I mean? Because I'm not going to read the hateful comment. <laughs> what are you typing it for? <laughs> I got shit to do. So like, I'm driving a Bugatti, bro. I got shit to do. So you're going to sit there and this guy's a fucking misogynist. Like, I, I, people are just asinine. This is a low, very low IQ approach to the world. It's very low IQ to sit there and go, uh, I'm jealous. I hate this guy. That's what a stupid person would do. If, if, I, if I, I could hate somebody, but I could disagree with every single element of what somebody says. But if I believe that I can benefit from an interaction with that person, then I would make sure it's an amical interaction. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? I don't know. People are just <clears> stupid. <throat> I mean, I, I still to this day get emails from the Star Wars thing, which was a year and a half ago, about three emails a day from some autistic crazy guy threatening to kill me over Star Wars to this day. And I'm just like, bro, the world is weird. The world is weird, my friend. What's your opinion on social media? I think, it, I think it's, it's, it's simultaneously the biggest opportunity on the planet and ruin the world. Simultaneously. You know, I was watching American Pie the other day. Remember that movie, American yeah. Pie? Don't you think that was the happiest period in human history? Look at the party, right? No one's on their phone. Everyone's at the party. They're at the party. They're talking to their friends. If you wanted to be known, you had to go to a place where the people would go and you were known in your town. Maybe I'm just an old man. I'm thinking about the olden days. You know what I mean? You could text someone if you really had to, but no one's glued to their screen. It was basically the modern world without all this, this addiction. Because I'm absolutely addicted to my phone. I'm not going to lie. I'm a complete phone addict. I live on my phone. I'm always texting all the time on my phone. There's always something going on. So I'm a phone addict. So I know I've got the problem. But I was watching American Pie and I was thinking, isn't that a happy period of history? You know, I think social media is the cause, is the number one cause for depression. I think the number of people, listen, if you're living a normal life and you scroll Instagram, you're going to end up depressed. You're going to see me with my Bugatti. You're going to see some bitch on a boat, some other dude in Maldives. You're going to see all this fucking shit. And you're going to look around your council flat in fucking County Durham. And you think, fuck my life. You know, Instagram is depressing. Unless you're at the very, very top echelons of life, it's depressing. Social media is the reason everyone's unhappy and depressed. It really does depress people. But on top of that, it is the biggest opportunity in the world. Look at the podcast we have right now. Look at what we're doing right now. Think of all the people we're going to reach. 
all the people we can interact with via social media. So it can either ruin your life or it can make your life. So I think that if you're, if you're on in social media, you need to be very, very careful about how are you using it? And I always say to people who come to me and say like, cause I had people say to me before that social media depresses them. And I say, you need to be producing for social media, not consuming. I really try very, very hard to put my Instagram picture up. I never read the comments. I never scroll the discovery feed. I don't look at anyone else's shit. I just try and just boop, boop, post. And I think if you do it that way, you can benefit from it, right? But if you sit there and you find yourself wasting an hour just consuming, I think it's it's an easy path to self-destruction. Yeah. I think so. How do you speak to a girl? Confident? What's your chat-up lines? Have you got a set thing that you do? Chat-up lines. That's a good, this is a good question. I don't know. Do I have a chat-up lines? I don't think I do. Oh, I, just be you. Just tell me yours, bro. You're Scottish. You must have loads. The girls just love the fucking accent. <laughs> I just showed them my YouTube channel and said, well, I'm actually doing pretty well with my life. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have like a set, like being your character? That, like when you've got the cars and stuff, is that an easier target for girls? Do you, does, that, does that actually work? Girls slipping into DMs consistently with all the shit that you post on Instagram? Yeah, so, so I'll answer that question twice. First, with girls approaching me, like I have quite a big Instagram. I have like 300,000 and I've got blue tick and I've got McLarens and Lambos, all that shit. Do I get girls hitting me up on Instagram? Truthfully, not really. The odd one or two. Um, but I mean, it depends. If I, there's certain places in the world it happens. If I go to Dubai and I tag myself in Dubai, I start getting loads of inboxes from girls who are not in Dubai who want to go to Dubai, hoping I will fly them to Dubai and put them in a hotel. So I'll be in Dubai and I'll get a message. Oh my God, can't wait to go back to Dubai. And I'll be like, well, when are you coming? She'll go, oh, I'm in Rio. I'm just trying to find a way there. Me and my two friends, like they're basically just saying, fly me, please. But I'm not that guy because there's, there's something I want to make very, very clear. After you've lived my life, the pimp, you can never go to being the customer. I can't be the customer. I can't pay for sex. I can't like, if, if there's a girl who genuinely loves me, of course I'll take care of her and I'll fly her. But I'm not going to fly some random bitch I've never met and put her in a five star just for a bit of sex. I can't do that as a man because I don't want to ever feel pimped. I was the pimp. I can't go down. I won't enjoy that interaction. I can't do that. So I can't be a customer. So I'm a terrible sugar daddy target because if, unless I know you actually love me, then of course I'll take care of you. But if you're gonna be like, oh, buy me this handbag. I'm like, fuck you. And it's not about the money to me. Of course I can afford it. It's just, fuck you, you don't deserve it. So a couple of times I get that kind of thing, but in general, not really. In fact, I would actually say I'm, I'm too overt on socials. I think I put a lot of girls off. When I was smaller, when I was about 40,000 followers with, with, and I just got the blue tick and I was a lot calmer, I'd get a lot more replies from DMs than now. If I DM a girl now, they'll look at my page and go, no way on God's green earth is this man going to settle down and marry me. <laughs> He's just going to fucking run around and bang everything that moves. I ain't got time for it. So I think I've gone too far with the socials. Yeah. So that's that. But as for child lines and stuff, I think women, women are fantastic. You know, they talk about women's intuition. It's real. Women's intuition is a real thing, man. They, they've evolved with it. They've evolved to sense danger. Just like we used to say earlier about anim humans as an animalistic. Women have evolved to tell if you're a creepy weirdo. This is like, a <laughs> they, no, this is to preserve their life. It's a preservation strategy. Women can talk to you for a few seconds and go, something's wrong with him. He's odd. They can, they're good at detecting things. So I don't think it's very much as much what you say as it is how you say it. And I know that's a bit cliche, but if you come across and you're genuinely confident and they can genuinely feel a vibe from you that's not creepy, you can say anything. 
I think you can go up to a girl and say, excuse me, sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt to her friend. Be very polite and say, I just want to say you, you are absolutely beautiful. And if you say that in a way that's calm and nice and cool and you come across nice, I don't want to ruin your night or nothing, but I'm going to buy you both a drink and I'll leave you alone. They're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. I think you don't have to say anything fancy, right? But if you come over and, like, oh, and you fuck it up, then, then you're a weirdo. So it's all about the delivery. I think that's, what, that's how it kind of works. What is a pimp to you? A pimp is a positively inspirational and motivating person. A pimp, the real, okay, so let me ask you something. Why would a woman work for a pimp in your mind? Money, scared. No, but why wouldn't she work for herself? I don't know. Like, think, why would a woman work for a pimp as opposed to just do it by herself? Too scared. See, that's the thing. Everyone thinks it's fear because they mm -hmm. can't think of any other reason why a woman would give her money away. Mm -hmm. So they must be scared of this man. It's, it's, it's absolutely and utterly the complete opposite. This whole idea of pimping as uh, through, a, through fear is just movie bullshit, bro. In the industry, they call it gorilla pimping, right? Gorilla pimping is when you scare a girl. How long can you scare a girl into giving you all her money? Years? No, she's going to leave. She's going to run off. She's going to call the police on you. You're going to have trouble. You can't, you can't stay out of jail and do that shit. Maybe if you're a crack dealer and she's a crackhead and the very, very bottom of the game, but you're not going to be scaring a nice young 19 year old with a loving family at home into threatening her to give you all your money. That's just not real, right? So it's never fear. It's the absolute complete opposite of fear. It's safety. They feel safer working for you than they do by themselves. So even with webcam, they'd feel safer working for me than they would by themselves. If, if a girl's doing it by herself and the computer fucks up, she can't fix it. If the tax man calls, she can't fix it. If she has a bad day online, she starts feeling self-conscious. I got my tits out and nobody paid attention to me. Now I don't want to do this anymore. I'm self-conscious. If she works for me and says I had a bad day online, I'd say, no, no, that's not your fault. There's a huge football game on. Yeah, it's massive. The, the, the whole website's dead. In fact, you did the best. All the other girls did really bad. You did the best. Really? It's all a lie. Complete lie. There's no football game. She didn't do the best. She did shit. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Let's have the night off. Let's have, some, let's have a drink. She feels happy. I fixed the problem. You're a problem solver. It's better for her to give away a percentage to not have to worry about all this shit out there in the world. Her job becomes very simple if she works for a man. I just perform X amount of hours. I do what I'm supposed to do. And all the other magic, the money into the bank, all the magic, all the problems, it's all fixed. Oh, this one crazy, this crazy customer found my real Facebook. Don't worry, baby, I'll deal with him. What are you going to do? Don't worry, I'll deal with him. I'll just block him from the website. I won't even do anything. She'll think I went mafia on his ass. It's, it's a game, right? So it's never fear. It's safety. There was never a girl who worked for me who was afraid of me. They, they, they felt safe with me. That was the complete opposite. It's the complete opposite of it. And what's really interesting is, this is going to really piss the feminists off, but I'll tell you, it's the truth. It doesn't matter whether a woman wants to be a lawyer or a housemaker or a webcam girl. Unless she has a man directing her, she's going to fuck it up. They're just not built to be completely independent creatures. The women who go, I'm strong and independent. You're working for a man in a company and you're getting fucked by 10 men a month. You're not independent. It's just a lie. It's a lie. You're, just, you're just undesirable. That's what you are. There's no such thing as an independent female. They're all relying on a man to some degree. And if a woman wants to be very, very successful in her life, no matter what it is, whether she wants to be a gymnast or whatever she wants to be, at some point, there's a man in charge telling her what to do. If you want to be the best webcam girl in the world, you want to make 50 grand a month, you need a man to make sure you do it right. And another reason that they work for a man is because women are intrinsically lazy. If you show a woman how to make $1,000 in an hour, she'll think, I can work two hours a week. If you show a man how to make $1,000 in an hour, he thinks I can make $18,000 a day. We think about the world different, right? So there's no way a girl, any of the girls who quit and stopped working for me, they'd, only, they'd fuck around with it. They wouldn't be serious. I'd make their ass do their shifts 
and it'd make a bunch of money, right? So it's, this is just the dynamic. The dynamic's beneficial for everybody. A woman will never work for a pimp out of fear. Never. That whole, that whole view on it is wrong. It's completely wrong. They will work for, for the same reason a woman will work or a man or anybody will work for any other corporation. I benefit from working for this corporation. I benefit from working for this person. That's, that's all it is. There's no fear element. There's zero fear element. How many levels in the pimp game is there? When you look at the corners, say you get the street hookers, yep. Yep. you've got the people maybe addicted to crack, you've yep. got the little man driving about in the bike, and then you've got yep. the big eyes, the webcams. Yep. How, what's, how many levels is there? All right, so how many levels are there in the pimp game? This is a good question. I would not consider myself at the top of the game. Why? So, because, because you know who's at the top of the pimp game? Every other job out here besides my one. If, if a girl worked for me, she got 20% of the money. Do you think the person working for McDonald's gets 20% of the money he rings up? You think the person working for Starbucks gets 20% of the money they ring up? They're getting less than 1%. That's pimping. You want to talk about pimping? They'll make you stand your ass up behind a fucking till all day in the coal, in the, in the heat, flipping burgers for minimum wage while, while taking thousands and thousands of dollars in a, an hour and they're going to pay you $7 an hour. That's pimping. Don't worry about what I'm doing. I'm buying the girl's Gucci handbag and giving them 20% of their turnover. I'm, I'm a shit pimp. I'm terrible. All these businesses out here, they're the kings of pimping. You know, no, you don't know what pimping is? A government locking you in your house, telling you that you're going to go broke, lose your company and your children are going to starve, but it's for your safety because you might catch the common cold. That's pimping. You want to talk about the pimping of the world? I'm very low down the scale, my friend. There are much higher levels than me. This whole world is a pimp game. There's two kinds of people. There's pimps and tricks. That's all it is. You're either the pimp or you're being pimped one way or another by somebody or something. I was nothing. I took women who were getting exploited in a normal job, told them they can put a bra on and become rich and start paying girls thousands. I was nothing but a philanthropist. I'm nothing but a feminist. I promote women to be the best they can possibly be. I'm a, I'm no pimp. I'm a, I'm a terrible pimp. All these other jobs out here are pimping. The BBC, when it convinces women to not have children and to dedicate their lives to some bullshit career in PR, that's pimping. People are getting destroyed out here. I, 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 never, install, I never installed a frame in a woman's mind that was negative. I never taught her to do anything or be anything or think anything that was going to be detrimental to her life. I made sure every single action she took benefited her, benefited her bank account at least. I've never done anything bad to anybody. I, I, a lot of people are going, oh yeah, but you exploited, da, da, da. man, we can walk across there to that McDonald's and you can talk about exploitation. I'm a shit pimp. So you want to talk about the levels of pimping? Everything above me. Everything above me is a better pimp than me, man. Everything. What do you think, like everything that you're doing now, looking back in your life, still young, 34, yeah. what's, what do you think? What's your honest opinion? Are you happy with it all? Or do you want, obviously you say you want more, but. I've lived, I've lived a very, very eclectic life. And I really believe that the key to my experiences and the key to how I view the world is the fact that I've lived such an eclectic life. I, I have had such different experiences. I've been broke. I've been a millionaire. I've been a pimp. I've been a fighter. You know, I've done so many different things. And I really think that, like we said, it's the juxtaposition. It's the contrast that makes life interesting. I'm, I'm happy with every single element of my life. And even if I wasn't, I would refuse to admit that I'm not, right? I, this is the life I've lived. I accept all of it. If I've made a mistake in the past, it was the best thing I believe. At the time, I thought it was the best thing to do. This, this is another thing about people. I, I get, it's kind of weird. On my YouTube channel, I talk a lot about like mental 
mental rigidity and these kind of things, right? And I get a lot of people messaging me and they're very like, look, I'm very depressed, but I've been watching your videos and I want to kind of think like you, I want to be happier, et cetera. I made this big mistake two years ago and I lost my wife, whatever, whatever. And I try and explain to them that if you did what you believed was best at the time, hindsight's a bitch, right? If you did what you believed was best at the time, then what are you mad for? Every mistake I made in my life, at the time I thought I was doing the right thing. So I'm not gonna be mad at past me. And every single bad thing that's happened to me, every single piece of trauma that's happened in my life has led me here. So if you're happy with where you are currently, then you have to be happy for every bad thing that's ever happened to you. Genuinely, right? If you look at your life now and go, I'm quite happy with where I am, then you have to be happy with every single shit day you've had because you wouldn't end up here any other way. You know, I wouldn't have grown as a man if my father didn't die. You learn a lot about yourself as a man when your father dies. So of course I wish my father was alive, right? But if I'm happy with my life now and where it is, you have to accept every shitty day and every single lesson. So yeah, I'm happy for all of it. The good and the bad, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling, I'm breathing, I'm alive. And there's a whole bunch of people out here in the world today who are not gonna be breathing by the end of it. And there's a whole bunch of people out here in the world today are gonna have those distraught days we were talking about earlier. Something shit's gonna happen to them. They're gonna be, their family's gonna be in a car crash. As long as that shit ain't happening to me, I am smiling. I, yeah. You cannot depress me. You can't, yeah. you can't piss on my Cheerios. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All the material stuff, like all the cars, the $4 million cars, the, the, the penthouses, all the girls. Like when you're achieving all that, or when you're doing all that, how does your dad ever come into your mind and think, fuck me, I would give all this up just to spend another day with him? thousand percent I would. Not even fucking close. Not, it's not even close. I'd give up absolutely everything to be with him. But you know what's funny? I'll tell you a story about his funeral. My dad died when I was in Romania and I had just moved my business from London to Romania and I was in this apartment with six girls and we were supposed to work and I just bought all new equipment and I had to leave England and I bought this new house and I spent all my money, right? I was supposed to have a bunch of money. I had, this was before I got big, big. So I had some money, but I spent all of it. And then my dad died, of course. And then um, I was supposed to go to his funeral. So I was gonna have to get up and leave Romania, fly all the way to Alabama, stay in America for a few weeks. And then I knew by the time I came back, all the girls were gonna quit or leave and all this kind of thing. So I had to make a big decision. And I remember when I first started making my money and my dad was still alive, the first thing I did with my money, the first thing I did was retire my mom. It's the first thing I did. So how much do you get paid? She told me, I said, I tripled it. You're not working anymore. So I retired my mom and I, I had to make the choice whether I stay there and focus on the business or go to my dad's funeral. And I remember my dad's lessons. My dad would have been furious if I fucked up the financial stability of the family and of my mother and of my brother to just go to his funeral. My dad know, knew I loved him. I spoke to him every single day. And from what he taught me, we were very, he's a, he's a chess player. He's a logical man, right? Get your business running, then come to the grave, do it that way. 
So of course I would have rather, if I, if I could, if I could give all this up now to get my dad back, of course I would, but I can't. Right. So what's the best thing to do to live without my father poor or live without my father rich? Like those are the two choices. I may as well do it rich. I made the choice to miss his funeral, to take care of my mother, to build my empire. It's paid off fantastically to this day. My mother's still retired. You know, my mother was at the time she was cleaning dishes in a school kitchen in Luton. And now she gets to drive a nice car and live in Spain for most of the year. So I did the right thing. And I know my father, if he's looking down on me, would be very, very proud of me because I made the logical decision. So of course, there's things far more important than material things. I say this all the time because when you have money, people think, ah, he has money, but he doesn't have anything else. You know, all he has is money. And I say, well, there's not much above money. You, 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 you have love, right? Of the people who you care about and they care about you. You have health because nothing's worth anything if you're dying, right? There's no point in being a billionaire if you're sick. And after love and health, what can't money buy? <laughs> Isn't that number three? You know, like it's money's extremely important. Trying to say money doesn't matter is a coping mechanism. It's a coping mechanism that poor people have so they don't shoot themselves in the head. The smartest thing rich people ever did was come along and say to all the poor people, money doesn't make you happy. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll keep all the money because it doesn't make you happy. Have you seen any of them give it away? You ever seen a rich man give his money away? No. They say money doesn't make you happy. You keep slaving away for minimum wage. I'll stay over here a millionaire, but I'm not happy. So don't worry. Don't be jealous. Bollocks. Bollocks. I know plenty of people out there who are millionaires who have a loving family, a loving wife, who are in perfect health. And their life is fantastic. Like me. Like say, me. So just, you don't have, just as soon as you get money, doesn't mean you lose love of your family and shit. That's not true at all. Do you get people saying to you, oh, he's just masking something? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Oh, like, uh, what's the one they say? If you have a fast car, you have a small dick, right? And they're like, oh. <laughs> they say that though. <laughs> oh, you're compensating. It's like, bro, maybe I can just afford it and you can't. Is that, has it ever crossed your mind that you're broke and I'm not and I may as well just buy one? How like, does a feminist come towards you? Do they target you? Well, yeah, feminists, femi the reason I upset feminists so much is because the, fem the typical feminist tactic is to cancel somebody, right? To come at somebody and call them misogynist and call them all these things. And then that person loses their career or, they, or they're slandered. You can't slander me because I will state right now that I am absolutely sexist and I'm absolutely a misogynist. And I have fuck you money and you can't take it away. So I'll say what I want because I'm a realist. And when you're a realist, you're sexist. There's no way you can be rooted in reality and not be sexist. If you're about to get on a plane and that plane's going to fly through a hurricane and there's a 50-50 chance of it crashing and dying, do you want a male pilot or a female pilot? It's the fucking good pilot I want. That is such a politically correct answer and it's a lie. We all know you'd want a man to fly that plane. <laughs> you, you would not want some uh -huh. woman to walk up the stairs. Hi guys. <laughs> about to go into the hurricane. You'd be like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Give me an old white haired man. I got, everyone knows it. You're about to have brain surgery and there's a 3% chance of success. 97% chance going to fuck up and you're going to die. Are you more confident going to sleep seeing a man surgeon or a female surgeon? To be honest, man, I, I, it would be to get the fucking, I don't know, however the best was at well, the time. Th well, that's good. And I, and I respect, I respect your very neutral view on the world. But uh -huh. I'll tell you on my life experience, because this is how we view the world, right? We're all biased. <laughs> no, we're all biased based uh -huh. on our experiences, mm -hmm. right? I have seen so many women fail to park and crash cars and do dumb shit. I do not want a female pilot flying me through a hurricane. I've seen enough female driving of all vehicles to know that that shit is a bad idea. And I want a male pilot. Am I sexist? Yes. Why? Because of my experiences of the world. I am a realist. 
I am absolutely and utterly a realist. And if you're a realist, you're sexist. I believe women are better at some things and men are better at some things. I do not believe we're equal and all the same and we can be interchanged. I believe that certain roles suit females and certain roles suit males. Let me ask you another question then because you're Mr. Non-Sexist. Mm -hmm. Let me ask another question. Would you drop your child off in a daycare where it was run only by men? No. Women only. Yeah, there you go then. So yeah, you do have a gender. Only, but so, so you do have a gender bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there's, so gender bias exists, right? Yeah, so but gender I don't know every pilot, every fucking. But, I'm but, not and saying. I, and I agree with you with the driving thing, though. <laughs> women are dodgy well, drivers. I will agree with you for that. So, so, but for a pilot, I don't know who's. But I would want the, the most competent. Yeah, who was oh, bang on it, and of, of course, who's flew through storms and completely. So I wouldn't just go right. I'm going to take the man. I was trying. Be evaluate every fucking completely, angle. completely, and it's obviously a generalization. But my point is, mm -hmm. in certain roles in society, we trust females, yeah. like with our kids, and in other roles, like mm -hmm. danger, we trust men. This is general, right? So I'm a, I'm a sexist. I'm a misogynist. I'm misogynistic because I believe that females are weaker than men. That makes me a bad person in the feminist yeah, mind. Genes in it is, it's true. Yeah. It's fucking true. If someone breaks in the house, I'm not sending her to fight. It's my job, right? I have to risk my life to protect her. So when someone doesn't break in the house and I ask her for breakfast, I expect it to be made. Like this is our roles. This is the normal gender roles. <laughs> but this is but these are the normal gender roles that got us here. People try and pretend that this is evil and bad. The modern world was built on these gender roles. The pyramids, going to the moon, the city of London, the fucking Suez Canal, everything on the planet was built on woman obeying her man in the family. That's how we got to this point. This is the first time in history women have turned up and said, we don't want to listen anymore. And, and everyone's pretending that that's a good thing. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying we don't know. It's never been tested. We've never tested this new world where women don't want to listen to men at all. They're all saying it's going to lead to some utopia. I personally don't believe that. You know, what is the statistical odds? You're a smart man. Do the math for me. What's the statistical odds of every single society since the dawn of human time being led by men. I'm not, and it couldn't have been an idea that spread, right? 100%. Yeah, because you have Aztecs yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the Mao dynasty. You have the Brazil and China. They never spoke. So mm. the, the idea couldn't spread, right? But just by coincidence, in every single society since the dawn of human time, the men were in charge. Mm -hmm. What's the odds of that if it was a coin flip per society? Zero percent chance, right? Yeah. So men are obviously designed to lead. Now I'm sure there was probably at some point in history, a female-led society that was tested. But the reason we don't discuss them is because they have no history, because they were annihilated and destroyed by the male-led societies, because the male-led societies are more efficient. And in the cold light of the world and the brutal realities of life, efficiency wins. So the male-led societies are more efficient. They raise better armies. They build better cities. And when they find some fucking bunch of Nancy boys run by women, they fuck them up and they're dead. And they don't have a history and we don't find any remains. And there's no fucking cathedral to discover because they never built shit. Every single society that was successful since the dawn of human time was male-led, all of them. And then the last 30 years, they've come along and saying, let's put women in charge. It's going to be good for us. Well, I don't think it will be. And the problem is this whole women in charge crap is Western. The Chinese aren't putting women in charge. The Russians aren't putting women in charge. You think we're going to stand around here letting women rule us, being a bunch of fucking cowards, and the China and Russia aren't going to conquer the world? Let's talk in 100 years. And I guarantee there'll be a history class. There'll be a history class where the Chinese say, ah, do you remember when America just completely handed over to feminism and, and all this other crap and we just destroyed them in 20 short years? That's what's going to happen. What do you think of like, transgenders going and reading nursery stories and from and playing Leave the, the kids alone. 
If you want to chop your dick off, I have nothing against that. I'm not anti-gay. I'm not anti-transgender. I'm not anti any of these things. What, I'm, what I am anti is propagating your worldview on other people's children. If you're gay and you can't have kids, why do you now believe it's your right to go to other people's kids and tell them how to think? If you've decided that the type of sex you want to have will prevent you from, recreate, from procreating, that's your decision, right? You've decided that having sex with women isn't worth it for you. You don't want to have children. You want to have sex with men. Fine, your decision and you're entitled to it. That does not give you the entitlement to go to other people's families who did decide to have children and raise them and try and program their children. Leave the kids alone. You can be as transgender as you like. Don't come talk to my kid about it. That's my child. I will program my child with my worldviews. I raise them. I pay for them. They're my kid. They're not your kid. And they're not the government's kid. And this is what I was saying earlier about women being blank slate. Same with children, right? You either program your woman and program your children or society will do it. Do you believe the lessons that society are putting inside of people today are good lessons? I don't. I don't. I will not send my kids to school. I don't think they're going to learn anything. Do you know how many fucking teachers I've seen pissed out of their minds, sucking cock in fucking corner on, 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 on pub toilets on cocaine? I'm a teacher. Huh? You ain't got shit to teach my kid. You're an idiot, right? I can teach him to fucking do math at home. We have the internet. We have unlimited information. I can say Google World War II, write a report, boom, talk tomorrow. And with discipline, my kid will know more than any kid in any public school without the indoctrination, without all the fucking propaganda. That's what all this shit is. All this shit's very deliberate. Deliberate. Governments know what they're doing when they're trying to propagandize. And, and I think a lot of people do not understand yet because most people still live inside of the matrix. Right? Well, it's conditioning. It's conditioning. Sit at a desk, five years old, sit at a desk, 65, retire. Yeah. Shut up. It's conditioning. Learn how, because what happens is we don't use the right side of the brain, which is our creativity and our individuality. We're all scared to be different now. Yeah. And as soon as you are different, people fucking point the fingers and then they yeah. just jump back in their box. Yeah. So it's so easy to labels. What do you think about people that's being identifying as pandas and fucking it's unicorns. insanity and everyone knows it's insanity but we're not supposed to say it's insanity right and it's mm -hmm. kind of interesting where a government their number one job a lot of people out here it still amazes me they believe the government care about them yeah they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck corona well they locked us in our house but they want us safe they they, more people have died from missed doctor's appointments for cancer diagnosis than they did corona. Shut up. They don't want you safe. They've never cared about you being safe. They never will care about you being safe. If you believe the government wants you safe, you are too far gone to save. What the government wants is slaves. This is what, this is, slavery is not gone anywhere, right? So the old school idea of slavery, let's talk about slavery. A government would get slaves, make them work for free and build things. That's slavery. So they've stopped doing that now. So what do they do now? They get people make them build things for money, but the government print all the money. So if a government can create as much as they want of something from thin air, and you'll give up your life for this thing they can create from thin air as much as they want, you are still their slave. That's it. You used to be a slave and you'd work all day. And at the end, you got food in the house. Now you work all day, you get money and you spend all your money on a food and a house. Like nothing, slavery is still here, my friends. Nothing's changed, right? Nothing's changed. And what they want is they want slaves. They want slaves who are going to comply and pay their taxes. And whatever kind of indoctrination or societal programming they can instill inside of people to can keep them doing that, they're going to do. Anything it takes to stop people waking up and realizing, whoa, the government's fucking me here. Let's forget Corona. Let's forget locking us all in our houses and taking our business away. I'm paying how much tax? What? They're, they're, they're helping me how much? If you actually wake up and look around you, you realize you're being destroyed in real time. 
We can talk about this a lot because I understand money very well. This is what I do now. I gave up professional fighting to understand money. I was having a conversation with someone the other day. They were talking about Joe Biden and his relief checks. He gave out $1,400 to all the people in America because of Corona. And he's saying, don't you think he's good that he's helping the poor? I said, you think that helps the poor? Let's, let's talk about this. You give 100 people a $1,400 check, right? Everyone understands you can't just leave it in the bank forever because of inflation. The value goes down because what happens when they print trillions of dollars from the sky, the dollar becomes less valuable. And now we're living in a world right now where inflation's getting out of control, especially in America, right? In the last year, inflation's up like six, 7%. So no poor person is going to take that money and just leave it in the bank. They're going to either spend it or invest it. Let's say there's a hundred poor people and the hundred poor people spend their money. What do they spend it with? Businesses. Who owns businesses? Rich people. So now each one rich person who owns a business gets 10 people's poor, 10 poor people's money or 20 poor people's money. Amazon, their stock price went up 30%. Why? Because people are getting stimulus checks and spend it on Amazon. It all went to the rich guy. And then they go, oh yeah, but what about they invest it? Invest it where? Invest it in the stock, stock market? That increases the stock price. Who owns the company? Rich people. You've made them richer. What if you, what if you and all your poor friends, 20 poor friends, it'd be more than 20, 200 poor friends, put all your money in together and bought one house between you. That still takes one house off the market and raises the property value of that area. Who already owns those expensive houses? Rich people. It always ends up back with the rich people. You can't stop making the rich richer. You cannot stop it. People inside the matrix don't understand what's happening. And they're going to sit there and go, but the government cares about me. You gave me $1,400. The government doesn't give a shit about you. The government is looking after its friends. The government gave all the slaves a little bit of pocket money so they can send it all to the rich guys. It's all a scam. And people inside of the matrix do not understand. It's all a scam. It's all a lie. The idea that government cares about them is a lie. The government is never going to tell you anything that's going to wake you up. The government's going to teach you things that are going to make you subservient and compliant. They're going to tell you all this crap about identifying as a panda and all this other shit is not an accident. When they can convince the average person on the street to pretend that some other person is a panda because they said so, you are fully in the slave mindset. When it comes on the news, if someone says they're a panda, you have to agree they're a panda. Otherwise, you are racist and a bigot. And you go, okay, you are done. You are now full slave mode. And that's all they want. So you will continue to work your shit job for shit money while they continue to do whatever the fuck they like. It's all a scam. Let me tell you something, man. When this Corona thing was going on, I tried to fly. I flew here from Romania on Wizz Air because there's, there's, you can't get first class flights into Europe. It's all just low cost carriers. I'm flying Wizz Air. I have a mask on. Excuse me, sir, sir. Put the mask over your nose. This fucking air stewardess this minimum wage bitch. So I put my mask on my nose. Da, da, da. Everyone was freaking out about masks. I had to fill in all these home office papers when I landed, all this crap, PCR test, blah, blah, blah. I thought about doing that again. So about two months later, I flew on a private plane. No mask, no PCR test, no home office per paperwork. My pilots weren't wearing masks. When I landed at Biggin Hill Airport, the people who met me in the BMW, no one was wearing a mask. Nobody had a mask on, no one asked me to fill in shit. Do you know why? Because I was rich. Corona doesn't exist for the rich people. As soon as you pay 50 grand for a flight, now they don't trouble you then. They trouble the shit muncher on the Wizz Air flight. It's all a fucking scam. All of it's a scam. And this is how the whole world has always worked and always will work. And people at the bottom just don't seem to get it. They don't seem to wake up. And they don't seem to wake up because the people in charge try very hard to keep them asleep. If you had a whole bunch of people who were your slave, why would you tell them the truth about the world? Why would you do that? No. When's the last time you went to school and learned how money works or banks work? 
or taxes or any of the things that they use to control you. No, they teach about fucking photosynthesis. They don't want you to know anything. They don't want us to know anything. They just want us sitting there going, okay, he's a panda and I stay in my house because of Corona. Clap for the NHS, like a performing seal, like, a, like, a, like an idiot. And, and people are idiots. So they, they control them. And then they come to me and go, Tate, how'd you make all this money? I opened my fucking eyes. I looked around me. I started to think. Th things that people never seem to do. <laughs> I don't know how they live in a dream for so fucking long. I woke up out of the dream, right? But this is the truth. Governments are absolutely the enemy of the people. They always have been. They always fucking will be. Fuck all of them. What do you think we are here as human beings? What do you, why do you think we're here on this planet? Do I believe in God? That's a good question. I do believe in God. I believe in a higher power. I don't know. But why do you think we're here? What The brain, how it works, the heart, the kidneys, the liver, how it all functions, the central nervous system. It is interesting. It's certainly interesting. Like, do you think avatars are fucking stimulators? It, it, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of theories on what it Things could be. Things change from week to week. I could watch something and go, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but like, I watched, what's the one with Jim Carrey? The Truman Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got Avatar, and then you've yeah. got The Matrix. Yeah. Like, why are all those films there as well? Is that the fucking trick with your mind? It's true. It's like, it's true. I question everything. Yep. It's not that I sat in the fence. I question every angle. Yep. What you're saying, what I'm saying, yep. what the feminist says, what the fucking panda says, <laughs> what the transgender says. Yeah. Who says they're not right? They're not right. Yeah. We could be full of shit. Of course we could. Do you know what I mean? Of course we could. So Absolutely we I could. I question it all, but what's your opinion on life, humans, why we're here, who invented us, who brought us here? I don't know. But what I do know is I do believe that it is the, the paramount of paramount importance. Maybe this is a very boring answer. I think that every single person should be aiming to, I know this is a very animalistic answer, but we're here to reproduce. And I think the most important thing anyone can do in their life is have, have children. I'm super pro children. When I speak to some of these feminists and like, I don't want kids. I think you are the most miserable, stupid bitch in the world. You're, you're born with this gift to create life. And you think it's more important to eat microwave dinners and make 40 grand a year and talk about your career. You're an idiot. I, I think that truly you live forever through your genes and through your blood. And, and for me, why I'm on the planet, I've had a whole bunch of ancestors who worked very hard to stay alive for me to exist. Like they were dodging saber toothed tigers and shit. Like th th think about my bloodline, all the crap they've been through just to get to this one point at the end. And I'm going to be like, I don't want kids. I want to play video games. I want to be a feminist. Like, I don't know. I, why am we on the planet? We're on the planet to, to reproduce. And, and I think we all have lessons to learn and, and teach our children. And I think that's the most important thing we can do. I don't think there's anything more important than that. I know it's a bit of a boring answer, but I think that's basically it. And when I look at like, <clears throat> to talk back about depression and shit. So the first thing I think, this is a bit controversial, but this is truth. The first thing I think when I see like someone committed suicide or something, I understand we all have trouble and bad things happen. I get it. I'm not saying I don't get it. But isn't that super disrespectful to like, just even like your parents? Like they went through all that shit to raise you and now you're sad so you can jump off a fucking bridge. If my kid did that, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, are you fucking, you fucking moron? Like, I wouldn't even give him a funeral, but like, fuck him, write him off. Like, I just think it's ultimately selfish. I think it's super, super selfish. Who was the guy from Lincoln Park who killed himself? You know what I mean. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, he has four kids. I don't give a shit how bad your life is, bro, with your millions, idiot. You have children. That should be reason enough to live for anybody on the planet. I truly believe that. I don't give a fuck what's going on in your life. If your kids are still breathing, you got a fucking job to do. 
And you're not a man if you're going to say, I, 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 I fuck them kids. I'm sad. Then you're a dickhead as far as I'm concerned. So I believe we all have a, we all have a duty to our bloodline and a duty to our ancestors. And that duty is to reproduce the best we can. And to put, uh, and to put a, I said it earlier, a ripple in the pond of reality, to put a, a tear in the fabric of, of earth. This is why I try and live my life the way I do. I want to make an impact on people. I want people to remember this podcast and think, I fucking hate that guy. But, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I'm in, I, I've said things they'll at least remember, even for all the wrong reasons, right? I think the more of us that try and put a, a, a bend in space time, I think the better the world will be as a whole. There's too much conformism. Why do you think suicide is on the rise though? Four men and it's only- Oh, right, I'll a, tell you about a, this. And a high percentage. I'll tell you men. why. I'll tell you why. Because life's depressing as a man. We talk about depression all the time and we don't talk about things being depressing. They're different things. I don't believe in depression. I do believe in depressing. The idea of clinical depression as a disease, I reject absolutely and I do not believe in. I believe that certain things can happen that will make you feel depressed. And I believe that it's an evolutionary instinct humans have to warn them that there's something they're unhappy about in their life. If I went to jail now for the rest of my life, I'd be depressed. I've not caught a disease. I've not caught depression. I'm just in a shit situation that's depressing me. A lot of people say to me, oh yeah, I'm depressed and I'm fat and I can't get a girlfriend. No, you, sorry. A lot of people say to me, I can't get a girlfriend because I'm depressed. I say, no, you're depressed because you can't get a girlfriend. They're different things, right? A lot of people are pretending depression is why their life is shit. When in reality, their life is shit, which is why they're depressed, right? And people, this idea that we propagate that it's a disease you catch and there's nothing you can do about it and it strikes out of nowhere and it's just gonna ruin your life. I don't believe that. I completely don't believe that. I believe that the number one cure for depression for 99% of people on the earth is $10 million. You find me someone depressed in the fucking ghetto in Glasgow and let's give him a ton of money and watch his fucking face light up. Bollocks if you got a disease, my friend. You haven't got a disease, you're unhappy with your surroundings. And the reason men kill themselves is because for the majority of men, life is depressing. Day goes by, day by day, you're getting older, your woman won't fuck you, you're too old to get another one, there's no milk in the fridge, fuck it. This is shit. My life's shit. I'm depressed. Well, duh. I'd be depressed too. <laughs> That's not a disease. That's a shitty life. If you were George Clooney, you'd be fine, right? But all these people who are like in charge of the world, this is what people don't understand. I say this and they go, oh, why do the celebrities talk about depression then? Why do the people in charge talk about depression? Because they have good lives. I'll tell you why. Because it's a control mechanism. Everything I just told you all about slavery, everything I told you all about the people in charge, the elites trying to keep the slaves in line, depression is one of the tools they use. If they convince you that depression's real, you are too busy living inside of your own mind and being selfish to look around you and understand the real world. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do you think that the people in charge of earth are going to let someone become a Hollywood celebrity and have massive influence and let them say whatever they want? No, they're going to tell them you're going to talk about depression, mental illness, and you're going to do it in a way pretending you care about it, but really you're going to promote it. You're going to convince every sad person out there that they cannot fix it and there's nothing they can do about it. So they stay sad and stay depressed because if they start to wake up and feel happy, they'll look around and realize that they're getting shafted. So let's keep them all sad enough to not do anything about it, but okay enough to still work the machines. It's a control mechanism. Depression is used by the elites to keep the poor people oppressed. It's another mind trick. You're all sad. It's okay. You, you can't help it. You're all sad. You can't help it. It's bullshit. You can't tell me I'm fucking sad and you can't tell me I can't help it. 
You can, I don't care if you're Angelina Jolie or what doctor, whoever the fuck you are. You cannot tell me I can't control my mind. Andrew, if you got depressed, you wouldn't be able to do anything about it. I reject that. I reject that absolutely. If I got depressed, I would fix it because I'm Andrew Tate. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, really, Angelina Jolie? Oh, shit. Hope, oh, well, I felt sad yesterday. Maybe I'm still sad now. Maybe I am depressed. Do, 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 do. And then you just become another cog in the machine. It's all a control mechanism. And the more people who buy into this, the, wor- the, the worse. But the answer to your original question about why men are killing themselves, because life for a man is harder than life for a woman. Most men live depressing lives. Women have an innate value that prevents them from ever being truly depressed. You can be the fattest, ugliest bitch in the world. You can go to the club tonight and get some put, get some dick. You, you can't. True or false? True or false? You can always get a new experience. At least, at least you can feel wanted for 10 minutes by that fucking crazy Congolese dude who'll bang anything. But at least, at least you'll feel wanted for 10 minutes, right? For most men out here, they can't even feel wanted. Their wife left them. No, they're invisible to women. Their kids don't talk to them. They're just not wanted. They don't, they're not wanted by any. Of course they're depressed. This is a unique situation that happens to men. This does not happen to women. So of course more men kill themselves. On top of that, society has huge burdens on men. You can be a woman and be 40 and be broke. No one gives a shit. If you're a man and you're 40 something and you're fucking broke, you ain't got a car. People are a bit like, how the fuck did you fuck your life up, bro? You're 40, you ain't got a car. We're supposed to be smart. We're supposed to be rich. Supposed to be interesting. Got to have jokes. Got to have chat lines right? Got to be charming, got to be cool, experiences, stories. We need to have a lot of shit to be an important man. To be a woman, you need makeup. If you're a hot woman, you don't need, if you're truly beautiful, you don't need anything else. I've been on boats in Dubai with 19 year old Moldovan girls. The guy who got that boat needed a hundred million dollars. That bitch, makeup, same boat, bro. Same boat. That's how hard it is. Look at a game of chess. The king moves one square at a time. He has to really work his way across the board. What does the queen do? Zips here, zips there. Easy for a chick, right? Now, if you're an ugly bitch, you can go, oh yeah, it's fine for the hot ones, but I'm an ugly one. Well, if you're an ugly bitch, fine. But to a lesser extent, you can do the same thing. You can still go out down the high street, get a kebab and a shag and a pint. Done. Like the women don't, women are don't, never going to be in a situation where they look around and they're like, I am actually completely alone. And that's the worst thing that will happen to a person, I think, is true loneliness. And that's why men kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's more super important that we stop teaching people that depression is something that can't be fixed. I say this all the time, every single mental health month, depression is the worst thing in the world, it's diseased. You think you're helping, you're doing the opposite. Stop telling people that they can't fix it. Stop telling them it's a disease that's not their fault and start telling people, look, if you work hard, you can feel better. You're depressed now, but if you go to the gym and you work out and you train, you get a good body, you start getting social, you get some friends, go to some social clubs, start to meet people, start to do things, you will feel better. That is far more healthy than talking about it's a disease we can't fix, take these pills. The gym has been proven to fix more depression than antidepressants. It's been proven. This is statistical. So when I say depression isn't real, people say, What you're saying is dangerous and you're going to hurt people. I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to wake people to fuck up. If you're watching this and you're depressed, go to the gym tomorrow morning. And I guarantee you, you, you're no matter how depressed you are, if you're considering suicide, promise me this, get a six pack first. And by the time you got the six pack, you won't want to do it anymore. That's how it works. This is why not enough men are motivated enough. And this is why I have to keep moving. This is why you talked about earlier, is it ever enough? I can never be depressed if I never slow down. Speed is extremely important. Speed defies gravity. How, do, how does a plane fly through the air and defy gravity? Speed. 
It's moving too fast to fall. If you're always attacking life, if you're always doing things, if you're always making more money, if you're always traveling the world, doing this, doing that, new car, here, there, new podcast, meeting James English, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you know, if you're always doing things all the time, unhappiness can't catch you. Do you think you could slip if you stopped? I don't think I would because of how my mind works, but I also know that speed is a is a fantastic way to be happy all the time. I'm always looking forward. I'm always looking forward to something. Mm-hmm. I wake up every day excited. I'll go do this today. I'll go do this today. I'll go do this today. And I very much live my life in a frame of not I have to do this. It's very much a I get to do this. There's another thing that a lot of people make a mistake with when I talk to them like, oh, I have to go to work today. Change your language. I get to go to work today. Imagine you had no job. Be worse, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't be working. So you get to go to work. Oh, I have to fix the car. At least you have a car. You get to fix your car. Most people don't got one. Oh, I have to go get the kids. You get to go get the kids because you have these beautiful children who love you. You understand? People's, even their own language is wrong. It, the world is, can be framed. Maybe I'm completely crazy. Maybe I'm full of shit. Like you said, maybe I am. But the frames I've installed in my mind are all beneficial to me. So if that makes me crazy and full of shit, good. Because I can't become depressed. So you can sit there and tell me I'm full of shit while you're depressed and I'm happy. And I would never want to adopt the thinking of a depressed person. So if you're depressed and tell me I'm full of shit, I don't want to think like you anyway. What about moving forward for the future? What's the plans? What's the visions? Taking over the world one day at a time. Well, hopefully you'll stay my friend when you become Mr. Hollywood, you know, when you're, when you're up there on fucking prime time, hopefully you'll answer the phone when I call. Um, I don't know, man. I take it a day at a time and, uh, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to all the stages of life, right? When you're younger, you want to act crazy. When you're older, you want to be calm. I'm looking forward to being a granddad and all this other old stuff. I'm looking forward to all of it. I'm looking forward to telling my stories with a pipe and enjoying it. Life changes as, as time goes on. And I think you need to embrace it day by day. And I don't really have too much of a grand plan at this point. You know, at this point, I don't really, wouldn't necessarily say I have one, but all in all, things are well. I've got an organization I run called The War Room, which I'll mention quickly. Um, That's got over a thousand men in it from all around the world. And it kind of is based on the things we've been talking about in this podcast. It's a lot of mental programming. It's a lot of uh, financial advice, how to make money. And then we also teach some other elements to try and make people beyond control. So my number one thing I'm working on at the moment is the war room. And what we do for our members is we teach them how to make more money. We talk a lot about mental programming stuff. We, I teach everything about I know about the pimp game from head to toe. Not because I'm saying men should go out there and pimp women or start webcam businesses. But a lot of men take all the frames I, I used in my webcam business and applied it to their marriage. And they've said, my marriage has never been better. It's amazing, like, because women are women and men are men, right? So I'm like, if I can use this and 20 women gave me a bunch of money, your woman can make you a coffee. Look, frame it this way, say it this way. So I teach everything about that. And another thing we're really big on is we help people get multiple passports and multiple residencies, multiple bank accounts, because I believe if you're watching this and you have any kind of money at all, your number one priority as the world reopens should be getting as many passports and residencies as possible because slavery is absolutely coming to the world. And if you're stuck under the control of one government, you're going to be fucked. The reason I've managed to go to 16 or 17 countries during lockdowns, because I have seven passports and always one of them was accepted. And I think now Corona has proven to all of us that the government has no problem locking you in your house for basically no reason and restricting your movement. And what you need to do is you can no longer live off grid. That's impossible in the modern world. You need to live on as many grids as possible. So right now I'm in the UK but they can't stop me leaving because I'll use my American passport. I'm an American going home 
to America. So I can go to America anytime I want. I go to England anytime I want. I go to Africa. I can go anywhere I want. No one stopped me doing anything. So we also teach that inside the war room. And the goal is to try and create men who are sovereign, who have passports, who have residencies, who have bank accounts, who are above governmental control. They're making a bunch of money. They have healthy relationships with females. And they live very good lives. And that's my primary concern at the moment is the war room. So we'll leave all your links in the description also. Perfect. Obviously, I want to set you up, Playboy with the feminist. I think it'll be a very interesting chat. So if any feminists out there and you want to take a pop shot at Tate, then fire forward. But I will set that up But next time you're in the UK. I would love to talk um, to a feminist because I would save her life. A lot of people are watching you, watching you think, very positive guy, doesn't give a fuck, saying it how it is. Realistically, it's the way it should be. Yes, I agree with some of your things and I disagree with some also yeah. just like i do with everybody in life yeah. Yeah. these are my opinions everybody sees the world differently you yeah. see the world differently from me yeah. but it all kind of makes a bit of sense where people think mm, yeah do you know what he's got the balls to say it because everybody's men are losing their balls they certainly are and i i also feel i also feel compelled to say it because i'm in a fortunate situation where i can't be canceled i can't be fired i can't get in trouble for saying these things like most people if you work for the post office whatever you can't say to shouts it so i feel because i'm in this position i'm compelled to say them because i have a unique opportunity but all in all, I genuinely want the best for everybody. And I look forward to speaking to this feminist and I hope I can deprogram her and she can get her ass married and have some, <laughs> have some kids and, and make her man a dinner and finally become a good woman and stop talking shit. So I look forward to being the feminist and I'll fix her brain. No problem. But for coming on today and telling your story, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you. Bro. You're a big character. And um, I'll see you soon. Thank you, my friend. Take Thank care. you. You can also watch my podcast on my YouTube channel. The link is in the bio if you'd like to subscribe. You can follow me on my social media platforms to see who my next guest is. Follow me on Facebook at James English 11, Twitter, James English 0, Instagram, James English 2. You can also download these podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. Sports Social Podcast Network.